Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN as Jamie and I struggle to get our headphones in. No, you're not ready. You're not ready today. He's in here worried about his fantasy football league and Look, I got, doesn't have his headphones in. I got the, moves. The blinds are closed. Ferrari and I are making a big, uh, a big trade here. Anthony, I'm going to need you to focus on what's important here. Okay. okay. Anthony, you need a trade. What? I do need a trade. I'm 0-8. 0-8. How can anybody be that bad at fantasy football? Because all my guys are hurt. Are you or even terrible. trying? You're <laughs> last, not trying. Are last you? week I didn't. I kept C.D. Lamb on the bench. Cost cost oh, me a win. I mean, why would why would you play it's him? A T-bone. You have yeah. Jaden Reed as That's your correct. top wide receiver. I bet you if you ask, no, the majority I got C.D. Lamb as my listeners. top wide receiver. I just didn't play him. Why? I forgot to check the see, lineup. See, he was on bye last week. So this is what bothers me. Is you're obviously not taking it very seriously, mm-hmm. and then today to start the show you're taking it seriously so much you're distracted. Ah. Not that you won't perform well, Anthony. I'm I always not, perform well. You do, and you know what? I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. However, it just it's a little bit concerning. Nah, we're good. We're good. I feel good about today's show. I feel good about the Blues tonight against the Avalanche. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, Jamie, you get the night off. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of worked out okay, I'm not going to lie, because, you know, Halloween and everything, and, you know, I like to be out there and trick-or-treating with the kids, or, or just sitting by the fire pit. And <laughs> getting burned? Getting burned, yeah, burnt my hand pretty bad. Marsha, you didn't see that, but... Uh, really? Burnt my hand pretty bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. What'd you do? Well, um, <clears throat> my lovely girlfriend was kind enough to make me a uh, a Yeti, you know, the yeah, yeah, cups, yeah. yeah, full of old-fashioned. So basically put four old fashions into a Yeti. Mm. And I was sitting out there getting a nice little groove on there at the fire pit. And I, a little wood poker that you do to kind of shift the wood yeah. around. I put it underneath the fire pit because I don't want kids stepping on it after or whatnot. So it's a safe spot for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Until kids roll up on you and you're not really paying attention. And I'm reaching under to grab the fire poker. And I kind of turn and sizzle my hand off the ah. side of the fire pit. Not great. Yeah. You need a Band-Aid for that thing? No, I like to just let it harden up like that. Yeah, that, just, that makes sense. Yeah. What a disaster we are. What a disaster <laughs> Total we disaster. are. Total disaster. I mean, I I took off half my face in a swimming pool accident. Mm-hmm. I was also drinking. You know, yeah. you almost took off your hand. Yeah, I actually went A dangerous Halloween mm-hmm. accident. I guess is, I'm next. You're next it, for sure. I felt the touch on the side of the fire pit I didn't react right away sure and then all of a sudden I went oh that's hot the bourbon protected you for a second mm. I felt like it was a force field for me <laughs> many people make that mistake Anthony I've made yeah. that mistake too in, in my young age um, I've let the uh, the spirits we'll call them mm-hmm. make me feel like I have a force field yeah. around me that you I'm don't though indestructible yeah 
Never worked. No. Mm. No. no, not at all. It's Pro- very dangerous. Probably could have used it when you stepped off the plane in Calgary. I should have. Yes, that would have been nice to have a little, little groove on there, we'll yeah. call it. a little something. Yeah. All right, Jamie. So, Avalanche, Blues. Uh, I love that, you know, Jordan Bennington should be between the pipes tonight. That gives me some comfort. I'm not digging the the defensive system against some of these uh, some of these teams that can move the puck really well. Why? I think the Avalanche fit in, fall into that category. I feel like these. The, I feel like the Blues, Jamie, are getting out of position a little bit with their defensive system. They're allowing too many open lanes, too many too many passes within the zone that is actually hemming them in the defensive side. There, yeah. they're, they're just hemmed in constantly. Yet the other team still yeah. has options. Like I don't, I don't get it. You have to explain this one to me. Okay, so I would, I would push back on there being passing lanes through the middle of the ice because I don't feel like that's been available. What about the boards? What Anthony? about up? What about up the half wall, and then around the net? Listen, we're gonna tackle this thing one thing at a time. Fair. Okay. All right. So the middle of the ice is very protected yes. for the Blues. I'll give you that. Sticks and bodies. Everywhere. Great. <laughs> now they're the fact that they gave up. It's like a Friday night at the Rivers household. It, yeah. Yeah. You got to work to get the middle. Yep. But um, what's happening is the other team has a lot of control in the offensive zone. And uh, like Vancouver was like 61% of the hmm. time they had the puck was in the offensive zone. That's a lot of time. It's a lot. Um, so I think that what we're going to have to see from the Blues is l- not necessarily a modification, but more of an identification of when they can be a little more aggressive outward toward the walls. And it doesn't mean just like running around like, like, like chickens with their heads cut off. It, ju- it just means identifying where there might be a winnable puck or a forcible situation. Because I found that, especially against Vancouver, and that's you know it's a recent game, and it wasn't a great game. There could be many factors involved in the game and whatnot, but let's just isolate that. They they were allowed to possess the puck for long stretches of time, and they had some pretty talented players. And eventually, at some point, the dam breaks. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd like to see the Blues identify when there's a situation where they can get on the puck, force it a little bit, and the penalty kill mentality has always been uh, like one guy goes, everybody goes. So I don't see why you can't use that in a five on five. If yeah. one guy deems it to be a situation where he can force the puck, it's a winnable battle, then the other four guys on the ice with them should also go into more of an attack mode. Like not all out like crazy, like just go for the hell of it. Like, but just like be ready to go. Like, you know what his options are as a player on the ice. I know where the guy's options are. I see an open guy, or I see a lane, or I see the you know the corner can be the puck can be dumped in the corner. So you know that the guy has like one of two options. Take away the options. Yeah. Instead of just sitting back and then reacting to the puck, you can sometimes anticipate where that play is going to go. But it has to be because there's good pressure from the first guy, whoever it is on the ice. And I think that's right now. That's where it's a flawed. Not system, because the system's been working fine defensively. It's flawed um, execution, maybe mm-hmm. at times, to where you're not pressuring enough. And I understand there has sometimes there has to be an overcorrection in order to get ultimately a correction. 
But I think it's time now to where Craig Berube lets the players know, hey, trust some of your instincts here too. You don't just have to be robots and just collapse in the middle of the ice and just stand there. Like if there's a winnable puck or a battle that you can get involved in, go out there, do it, force them. The onus then falls on the other guys on the ice to identify where the options are and take them away. So, Jamie, one of my favorite coverages in football is one that that was popularized by Nick Saban, and it's called Match Zone. So when you you play zone as a defense, but as soon as a player comes into your zone, it now becomes man-to-man. Okay, so you got your zones. Yeah. So whether you're playing cover four or cover two, everybody, everybody's got their zone. But as soon as somebody enters your zone, it's man-to-man. Now, if he leaves, and, and I'm not saying this is a perfect system, but it doesn't it, – it's aggressive, yet it's a zone. Is there something like that in hockey where you can zone off certain well, areas of the ice, and then as soon as somebody comes in your zone, then you can play man-to-man and take away that option like you're talking about or no? So that was what the Blues did last year. Oh, son of a – um, that didn't work. But it, it, it's not that it was – it's not identical to what you're describing. The Blues last year was once the puck ended up up above the circles, it became man-to-man. Okay. So once the puck went to the point, then it was each guy had their guy. So even – but but the, the, that wouldn't happen if it was – the puck was down low then. Wouldn't happen down low. It was all out, like, very aggressive. Is there any – is go, there a system go. that would – yeah. Kind of zone out the, the the entire defensive zone and then go man-to-man? The, the hard part about going man-to-man in today's NHL, in, in any capacity, there's two things. And if you're going to zone off areas, first thing I'm going to do to you is I'm going to take my defenseman and I'm going to tell him to take the puck right down the wall into the corner. Because okay. now he's skated out of his zone into a new zone, and if you're not going to leave your zone, then i got a two-on-one in the other guy's zone. Gotcha. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to overload you with numbers because I'm thinking, well, he's not going to leave his spot. That's his spot up there. Right. So you have to have – hockey's so difficult because there's so many moving parts. And I know f- football, there's guys move around everywhere mm-hmm. too, but there's only so many offensive guys that can catch the ball. Every guy in hockey on the ice, the is five eligible. guys, is eligible sure. to be a part of the offense. Got it. And the way the game is played now with the way the defensemen roam around out there, they're a huge part of the offense. So it's difficult to go man on man because you, you're the, the the way the penalties are being called too is like you one hook, one trip, one hold, you're in the penalty box. So you can't just lock on to a guy. Like when I played in the mid nineties, you could just lock on to a guy. You could literally put your stick between his legs and just lock on. He couldn't go anywhere. So now you can play man on man. It was easy because I got my guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck moving. <laughs> right. But then when the obstruction and the hooking, all that came out of the game, now it's like bump and run all over the ice. It's hard to isolate a guy in bump and run. Yeah. Because that's what you got to do. You've got to like hit or make contact, but stay in a position to where you're still between the man and the net. Mm-hmm. You can't overcommit because if you overcommit and he spins off of you, now you're chasing yourself back to the front of the net. You have nobody. And that's what happened last year a number of times is the Blues would overcommit in a situation and guy would end up jumping past them and that's the backdoor tap-ins with the middle of the ice, great you know, scoring opportunity. So what defense did they play in 2019? Similar to what we're doing right now. Similar. Okay. A little more aggressive in the defensive zone. They did, they did resort to some man-to-man back in 2019, but not a whole lot of it. So... 
look, I do think that there's a good mix available on it. I think that you can use the system that you have right now, but be a little more aggressive on the strong side of the ice. And all that means is wherever, whatever side of the ice the puck is on, that's called the strong side of the ice. So if you cut the ice in half, straight down the middle of the ice, not the red line, but straight going from right through the goal nets, you have one half of the ice, the other half of the ice. Where the puck is, is a strong side. So I think when the puck is down in the corner on the strong side of the ice, you can have your first defenseman go in there and it's stick on puck, body on body. You're eliminating. You're taking that guy away. Yeah. Then you have your forward that's down low. He's there to pick up the loose change. Right now, the Blues forward on the strong side is sitting back a little too much, allowing you know the, the ability to pass to the point. I'd like to see them kind of be a stick length off the wall. So that now they're an option to take away the middle of the ice, but they're also an option to take away the pass to the point. That would kind of smother the puck carrier in the corner or the mm -hmm. guy down low. That's all. I'd like to see just a small tweak like that. You're playing more aggressive, but you're also still in a position to get back to the middle of the ice and take care of business if need be. That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. The Blues play tonight against the Avalanche, 8.30. And you know TNT's coverage is always terrible, so you want to make sure that you're locked in right here at 101 ESPN and the Blues Radio Network. No sense watching the TNT guys. I mean, when Jamie's on, great. You threw, to throw on the radio, <laughs> got the TV going. It's all working for you. But just stick with us here on 101 ESPN because, we, again, we got you covered the pregame starting at 7.30 with Alex Ferrario and Joy Vitale and, of course, Chris Kerber. It's the fast lane. We're going to cover a lot of things today. We're going to go local. We're going to go national there's a lot of interesting blues angles uh maybe a cardinals angle or two but we got to talk about the college football rankings so they were released last night and ohio state's number one and jamie i missed it i missed it there's one obvious thing that could that the committee always goes for and it's pretty simple but i missed it Tell you what it is next on 101 ESPN. Mask. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. College football rankings were released. The first college football playoff rankings were released last night, and we all had some variation of Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. And, and guess what, guys? So did the playoff committee. Yeah, not the way I thought I'd see it, though. Just not the variation that uh, any of us had. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Stalter. I did not have Ohio State number one. But I I looked, when I, when I thought about it, guys, and I looked at the schedules and all that, what what we often forget about with these with this committee is that it's about one thing money they can be paid off eh, maybe i mean but it's, no jamie it's in play it's in play cuz it's college football but i don't think it's i don't think it's money we tend to think who's the be who are the best teams who are the be who are the four best teams well so that's usually how you do it Anthony. you would think yeah it's common sense wise correct the committee though resumes all they care about is resumes. Who did you beat that was ranked? They'll give you a loss. Now, I know that these teams are all got a lot of undefeated teams, mm -hmm. but they're okay with a loss as long as it's a good loss. But they really weigh heavily your wins. So when you look at things, Ohio State had a win over a top 10 Notre Dame team and a top 10 Penn State team. Period. End of story. Yeah, that I mean, is the, why the Ohio State should State's carry one. weight, though they really should. They should. 
Georgia, if you look at it, had had a win over number 20, Kentucky, and that's it. Now, if they beat Mizzou on Saturday, that's a top 15 win. That'll be weighted heavily. Who knows? Maybe Georgia will somehow overtake Ohio State. But Ohio State's got the best resume if you think about it from the committee's perspective. If you go to Michigan, this is where things get a little hairy because Michigan doesn't have a win over a ranked opponent yet. Not a one. They have Penn State coming up in Happy Valley, and then, of course, they got Ohio State at the end of the year. Florida State, at num- uh, they beat number 5 LSU at the start of the year and, num- and number 16 Duke two weeks ago. I'm a little surprised, based on the resume factor, that Florida State isn't in over Michigan in terms of the rankings, but when you look at why Ohio State's won, that's why. They have two top 10 wins. Nobody else in the country has that. Nobody in the country, I don't think, has played two top 10 teams unless, you know, they're, they're, they've got multiple losses. From there, you go to Washington. Washington has the win over Oregon. Oregon has a good loss, that being Washington. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird that they had those two 5-6. I like it, though. I don't mind it. I think whoever, if those two teams stay unbeaten, unbeaten the rest of the way, I got uh, Oregon's got the one loss, but if they stay unbeaten the rest of the way, and they play in the Pac-12 championship, one of those teams, whoever wins, is going to get in the college football yeah. playoff. I think that's oh, how it think? sets For up. sure? Yeah. I think that's how you it sets up. You don't believe in Florida State, do you? If Florida State's got a cakewalk schedule from, from here on out. They should win out. They got Pitt, Miami, so win North out, Alabama they at, the at Florida. They would. They would. So what happens then? I know I'm just hammering you with questions No, that's right all right. Now, but, uh, don't forget Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each that's other. That's what I was just about to ask. So... Let's say that's a close game. Mm-hmm. I don't care who wins. One of the teams wins, obviously. What does that do? Because you just said, you know, they're fine with, like, a loss. So, like, yeah. if Ohio State loses to Michigan, Ohio State should still be in the playoff because they've got wins against ranked teams. Right. Ohio State would be in a better spot, to your point. Yeah. To stay in the mix. Than they, Michigan. Maybe they get bounced out, but they're, like, five. So they're kind of right in that area. To, to get in if, if another loss happens to one of these other teams. But Michigan would be in some trouble. I think if Michigan loses a game, they're punted. Because right now, NCAA, yeah. with this Spygate thing or this signal-stealing right. thing, like they're just waiting to punt them out of the playoff. They might be. But if Michigan wins out, it's pretty hard, to, pretty hard to kick them out. If they, beat, if they beat Penn State, Ohio State, and then win the Big Ten championship, they're in. Same with Georgia. If Georgia wins out and they win the SEC championship, they're in. So that that's how things kind of play. But I will say this. I don't think in the history, and maybe somebody can fact check me on this, but I don't think in the history of the college football playoff has the original four teams that have re- that have been ranked one through four, those four teams have made it. There is always at least one team that is bounced at some point because of a loss or what have you. Are you sure? A lot of teams. A lot Bold of t- statement, Anthony. I don't think there's ever been a time where it's one. It's the same four teams that were ranked at the start also played where the same four teams have played in the playoffs. I could be wrong on that. I have to look back. but I don't know how to fact check you, so I'll just believe you. Now, Mizzou, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this a little bit, and this is, this is a narrative, Jamie, but it is a narrative that I, I, don't, I don't like thinking about. If you're Georgia, how ticked are you? You've been number one the care? entire year. 
I guess you do care because the playoff game. These are kids. You know? These are kids. You got Washington, you got Oregon. Now there's some of them are, are millionaires. These are kids. Well, what I'm saying really? is, what I'm saying is, if if the head coach, if you're Kirby Smart, you can say, oh, everything's Ohio State's better than us, and now you got now you got Mizzou on deck. Or if you're Washington or Oregon, it's like, nobody believes in you. They left us out. Yeah, like you can kind of drum up that narrative if you want. I would have rather had Georgia just go ahead and be ranked number one. Then look at that. They think Ohio State's better than you. Go out and prove it. Prove it that you're better than them. And then they hang 62 on Mizzou. Oh, on Mizzou. Yeah. 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 I'm if, thinking about it from Mizzou standpoint. For this week in particular, I would have liked to see Georgia all fat and happy at number one. We're awesome. That's what I'm saying. We're doing great. No, yep. you're better than I am. Right. Uh, you're the best player. No, We're all great. Uh, you're the best coach. And then Mizzou takes it to them. And Mizzou surprises them. But now this one here, uh, they're going to be looking to drive an, a bus over Mizzou. Yeah. I still think Mizzou hangs. That offense is going to keep them in the game. You, you, don't, they faced, you don't like it. I want them to hang, mm-hmm. but have they faced te- like no a team like this no. yet? Like the, the defense, they haven't faced a defense like, like this. This is this men and boys. Yeah, LSU does not have the defense that Georgia has. Oh, and I'm looking at the like the Georgia defensive players, especially their defensive line. Yeah, like that's a serious assignment for a kid that's playing for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. No disrespect, because they've got some good players, but like that defensive line is NFL ready. Yeah. I don't know if the Mizzou offensive line or some of their players are NFL ready yet. And they've done a really nice job of allowing Cook to get to that seven step drop that he needs to go to throw the ball deep. Yeah. If it becomes a short passing game on Saturday, you have issues. If you can't have Brady Cook go back seven steps to allow his receivers to get downfield. And he's got guys in his face constantly. And it becomes a three- or five-step passing game, you're cooked. No pun intended on that one. But we'll find out. It's going to be a fun game, that's for sure. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Josh McDaniels fired in Vegas with four years remaining on his deal. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. (laughs) 
Well, as Marsha just mentioned in the Sports Center update, time to get into that Josh McDaniels firing. Dave Ziegler also out as the GM of the Raiders. Here's my biggest takeaway on this. At what point do you say as an owner, I can't continue to try to get the copy of a copy of a copy of a copy? Because the first copy isn't as strong as the original, Jamie. That's a good point, Anthony. But when you get like nine copies down the road, that's even worse. That copy's just it's at this point it's so who it's are your Like explain the your new, copy, copy, copy. The New England Patriots. Mark Davis wanted to replicate mm. what the Patriots have done. I get it. The Patriots have had a lot of success, but if you don't have Tom Brady and and or Bill Belichick, that's going to be difficult. Other teams have proven this. Romeo Cornell. Ah. Uh, I mean, it goes on and on and on. Uh, it, there are there, Cassio in, in, in Houston, the GM there. You've got, you know, even college head coaches that, that came from that Patriots way did not fare well. No. Matt Patricia in Detroit. McDaniels now multiple times. Why? Because they all try to be Belichick. They all try to do the Patriot way thing, which is hold everybody accountable Stay long hours. Everybody's in. You don't need necessarily the stu- the superstar. You just need guys that fit the, the Patriot way, and you're good to go. But, Jamie, clearly that that isn't the case. Patricia tried to be Belichick in Detroit. It was yeah, a disaster. Was, that was donkey stuff. McDaniels tried to be Belichick in Vegas, trying to be in the Patriot way. And it wound up being absolutely embarrassing. For that entire organization. He's got four years left on that deal, too. they got to pay him four more years. They're still paying Gruden. Gruden. Or they paid Gruden. him out or whatever yeah. it is. Either way, know. that money that money's being spent on a coach that is no longer coaching for you. Yeah. So I guess my I guess my question is, when you get a guy like Josh McDaniel, who has just never done well as a head coach, why do you go hire him? I said to you in the office, why would you give him a six-year deal? Mm-hmm. Or was it six or four? Oh, six, because he, he just got let go after two. Yeah, he's got, he's got four, four left. If I have an unproven head coach, so unproven that you know, he, he's only been, like in, in Denver, I saw the, the, the numbers, like 680 days or something, 639 now in Vegas, but 680 days and eight hours as the head coach or wherever when he, he ditched that mm-hmm. whole thing oh the colts you yeah the colts yeah, yeah. why would you do that like i don't get it i'd give him a three-year deal and be like yeah you know what three years let's see what you got because you don't really have a track record that shows me that you're able to do what we need done here in vegas mm-hmm. but you do have a great resume as an oc and you have a lot of super bowl rings and maybe that maybe now's your time yeah but we'll find out so I blame ownership just as much as anything else on this one here. Absolutely. For hiring a guy who's completely unproven as a head coach. In fact, the only thing he's ever proved as a head coach is he can't be one. Mm-hmm. And you give him six freaking years. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but- Mark Davis, like, my God, not only do you have bad haircuts, but make bad decisions, <laughs> too. He was trying to do the San Francisco thing, Marsh. He was trying to, he was trying to do the San Francisco thing. Where Josh gave- McDaniel is not Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, he's not. And then for, and the four managers talked about this. The ownership group did they were tired of firing guys after one year and they wanted to hold themselves accountable. So they gave Shanahan and Lynch 
matching six-year deals. And that's what Davis did, although Davis almost kind of missed why they were doing it. So it's like he was trying to copy again yeah. another organization. There's no there's no out of the box thinking. I wonder if they had to offer six years because McDaniel's. I thought he was in a pretty good situation in New England. If anything, he could have ridden that one out until Belichick retired, and then I would have to assume they would name him the head coach. Or maybe they wouldn't because they know better. Well, now they won't. <laughs> True. Now they won't for sure. But maybe he needed. Six years to really convince him to go there. I don't know. I'm just floating things out there. If I'm Mark Davis at that point, I'm like, well, then you're not our guy. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not giving you. I don't care. You you haven't proven ever that you're boy wonder. Mm -hmm. You've proven that you can do good with a Patriots team on the Mm -hmm. offensive side of the ball, but you've never shown. With Brady. With Tom Brady. Yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. Well, I think maybe they thought they could replicate it getting Jimmy G. Because yes. there was some success there back when Jimmy G took over for Tom Brady when he was suspended. Right. Yeah. So, if nothing else, familiarity. Yeah, exactly. And I think the bigger question is why are some of these offensive coordinators getting these jobs when they're not head coaches? Be- because you don't know you don't right. know better you know you don't know better if you're an owner you see what a guy did with an offense For and sure. you say I want that offense it's an incomplete picture though mm-hmm. and I'm not criticizing these guys because I have been the one that have that has often said go get the OC that calls his own plays so you're not filling two spots because when you hire the guy that doesn't call his own plays, you now have to find the OC that is good. So you have to make the, the wise choice at head coach, and you have to make the wise choice for OC. And then when that offense has success, he's out of there. your OC gets plucked. So now you get to do it again. So I have been the one that has said, find the OC, find the guy that calls his own plays and make, the, make him the head coach. You don't have to replace it. But the problem is, if you don't find the quarterback to marry your system, you're screwed. And a lot of these guys, to your point, Marsh, they're not head coaches. Yeah. It's a different, it's a completely different animal. Well, in football in particular, it's a way bigger animal. You have so many coaches that are underneath your umbrella. Yes. From running backs coach, a quarterback's coach, receivers coach, lineman coach, like offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, defensive back coach, special teams coach. That's a lot. Like you're being asked to go from someone who manages a department to being someone who manages the chain of stores. Yes. <laughs> so you're While like, also <laughs> having an active role in sales and all that because right. you're calling the plays. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're – look, at some point these offensive coordinators have to get an opportunity. Yep. If they prove it like – For sure. So my, my problem is not necessarily with the hiring. My problem is with the term. You don't give an unproven person six freaking years to figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't. Well, good news, they didn't. Well, they, <laughs> well, they still gave it to him, Anthony. That's a guaranteed That's contract. Well, and I don't think it helped that it's his quarterback. It's not quarter, my wallet. I don't care. Yeah, his but quarterback stinks. They didn't want Garoppolo. That's the dirty secret, well, I, right? They I didn't, think McDaniels did. They didn't want Jimmy G. They wanted Tom Brady. Tom decided to retire. Tom got the memo wrong, and he bought part of the team. He bought part of the team. Yeah, they wanted mm-hmm. him to be a Raider. He thought ownership. Then they thought, well, maybe we can convince Aaron, you know, the Packers to give us Rodgers to pair up with Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And when that didn't happen, or for whatever reason, then they went with Jimmy G, who was hurt. 
And they 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 really had this collective breath when he was cleared to play in the preseason. But then he gets in there and he's got more interceptions than any quarterback in the league and he missed two and a half games because of an injury. Think about that. Mm-hmm. That's how much that guy has turned the ball over this year. And he was benched. They're going to go with Aiden O'Connell, which I think is the right move because you're you're moving forward here. And poor Devontae. There, there's two guys on that team I feel bad for. Devontae Adams and Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Max Crosby is one of the best players in the NFL. And nobody, not nobody, the, the casual fan doesn't know because the Raiders are awful. Mm-hmm. That guy is a one-man wrecking crew. And they didn't even pay him. They paid Chandler Jones, who went AWOL. Oh, he's gone off the deep end. And then they cut him. Help. Not great. And they have Khalil Mack, too. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, no. He's with the Chargers. Yes. Used yeah. to have Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that defense, I thought the defense was, was pretty good on Monday night. Obviously, they gave up, what, 26 points, but they forced a few turnovers. The offense is terrible. It's awful. It's terrible. And when you're the OC or you're the play caller and the head coach, and your offense is terrible, and you can only score 16 points a game, he's got to go. And a lot of people thought that Devontae Adams should have been moved, but I think it's a smart move from a organization standpoint to put your cards in his hands mm-hmm. instead of the, the head coaches, and they yep. got rid of him. Yep, he's he gone. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Perunovic, Bortuzzo. Let's get into some Blues line combinations. Got some questions for Jamie on this next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Well, if you're hoping the Blues might catch a break because Colorado's banged up, think again. Looks like Kale McCarr will play tonight, right? Yeah. So much bad news. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Saltzer. Blues do play tonight against the Avs. Pre-game right here on your home of the Blues. 101 ESPN starting at 730. So here's the projected lineup versus Colorado. And I got this from our guy Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic at J.P. Rutherford. Buchnevich, Thomas, Kapanen on the top line. Saad, Shen, Kairou on the second line. Verona back in. JV. Verona. Hayes, Neighbors, Torpchenko, Sunquist, Blay is your fourth line, and your defensive pairings, Scandella, Pareko, Krug, Falk, Letty, Tucker, and Bennington is in net. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie. Yeah. We were talking about the defensive structure, the defensive system yeah. for the Blues earlier, and why they're getting hemmed in when, when they're playing these other teams. It looks like... Chief is trying to switch things up enough to to find that 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 right mix of players. Is it the players or is it the scheme? Because it's got to be one of the two, right? Well, right now I think that it's a combination of of all the above. You're not getting any the Blues right now on clean on clean zone entries. I think they're last in the NHL, which isn't good. Isn't good. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe that's not. Could have just said 30th. Yeah, no, it, it's – I'll find it. Let me just retract that for a second. I will find what I'm actually talking about. They're not good in that area. Not great, yeah. <clears throat> so they've got to find a way to create more offense in the offensive zone. And, and I think one way to do it is by balancing out the lines. 
and I think this is pretty good balance. You know, you you've broken up Cairo and Thomas. Um, you know, as good as they are together at times, right now it hasn't really clicked for them or that line overall. So you have to kind of make a switch. And Kapanen, he's been playing really well. I love the way he's been skating. Um, he's been assertive out there. He's playing at both ends of the ice really hard. So I, I like him. He's a very direct player right now, and I think that that goes well with someone like Robert Thomas. Yeah. Because he's a puck distributor first and foremost. And I don't know, just watching a couple of games so far, Cairo and Thomas, just too much high-risk maneuvers. You know what I mean? Like, when I'm watching, I'm like, eh, it's not not really necessary to have, like, five drop passes in a sequence. <coughs> it's not really necessary to be buzzing around with the puck and not taking it to the net. So maybe this will force both of those guys to be more direct. Yeah. And I think that that's what he wants. I mean, because obviously you're not getting the offensive output that you desired, or you wouldn't be changing up any of the lines. Sure. So I think Chief is looking to change it up a little bit, change the look and the feel of these lines. I do I do like Kairou with Shan and Saad. It's, it's going to force Kairou to play a more direct game as well. Um, and then, you know, Verona back in the lineup. Yeah, it's time. And, you know, I heard BK. But do, but do something now. Yeah, but I, uh, yes, You know I what agree. I mean? Like, that, you want to send your warning shot? Okay, fine. But now Verona, you got to you gotta do something here. He's got, here's what he has to do. He has to skate and compete. That's it. Because when you look at the scoring chart, he's got three points. He's second on the Blues in scoring. But that doesn't always tell the story. And listen to BK and Ferrario, I was yesterday or day before. Anyways, they're talking about, like, BK was, like, blown away that Verona went from the press box to now he's on the power play. How does that happen? Well, it's simple. Because you gave the guy the warning shot. He got healthy scratch for two games in a row. You know what he's capable of. The style of player that he is is a power play guy who loves to shoot the puck from that half wall spot over there. So now you put him in. Did what we the, did the message we sent you did it sink in? And this is why you do that. So it, it it's not a matter of the coach not knowing what he's doing, which I don't know if they were alluding to that, just kind of came off that way. They were like, well, why would you do Like, how does that have even happen? Well, it's just like anything else. When you take the ball out of the starting quarterback's hand, sometimes to send a message in the second half, you give him back the ball for next week because you expect him to react a certain way. Yeah. And this is what they're doing with Verona, is they're expecting him to react a certain way to where they get the offensive output, but at the same time, he's skating and competing. And that's the biggest drawback with a guy like Jacob Verona is he's got so much talent. He's such a great skater. He handles the puck so well. He's got a really good shot, good offensive instincts. But the compete isn't always there. And the skating isn't there. It is, like we used to say this about guys that had talents like this and would only play one side of the puck, was the ice is tilted. Mm-hmm. It's downhill skating towards their end and uphill coming back to our end. Right. Because you wouldn't see the same kind of speed or intensity or whatever coming back as, you know, uh, who wants to play defense. Yeah. But unfortunately, like you have to. Even Jordan Cairo this year has displayed a lot more defensive awareness than any other year. So if, if you've got a guy like Jordan Cairo who's making $8 million a year and you're expecting him 
to do that. Like if you're Jacob Verana, who your your career was on life support last year, you should probably compete yeah. every shift. Or or be Brett Hall. <laughs> You know what I mean? Anthony, I'm going to help you out here. <laughs> It's going to be way easier for him to compete. <laughs> like, okay, so you're a goal scorer. Then score goals. Yeah, and he has to be given the opportunity. And so, look, I'm fair. I'm totally fair in this. One is the second power play unit didn't get many opportunities for the first, you know, six games. Yeah. Um, so Jacob Verona doesn't get a ton of opportunities to create that offense. And he still has a goal and two assists. Which is good, okay? But the flip side of that is he's got to do more. He's got to help that line. Like Kevin Hayes can't drive offense on his own. He's just not that type of player. You know, he's not blessed with the big, the most speed in the NHL. He handles the puck very well, protects the puck well, makes pretty good hockey decisions out there. But he's got to give it to somebody. And he can't just hand it off to a guy who's not skating or a guy that's not available because he's covered because he lets himself be covered. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of this now, a lot of eyeballs will be on Jacob Verana tonight just to see his reaction because I said it before, you know, he wasn't thrilled, to say the least, about being healthy scratched in one game, let alone two games in a row. So now what do you got for me? You know, how big is that fire burning in your belly at this point to stick it where the sun don't shine on the coaching staff? Hmm. And guess what? The coaching staff, that's what D- they yeah, want. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a victory. Right. So you got to get guys going. You got to get Cairo going and playing alongside Shen. Guess what? He's going to be held accountable big time. Yeah. And then you got the other line. Buchnevich was frustrated a little bit too with some of the too many passes, although he's guilty of it himself at times as well. So hopefully this creates a little more balance because they're going to need it. That avalanche lineup is no joke. It is no joke. And you hear a lot of people talking about how it's going to be a bloodbath and this and that. Listen, I don't. The result for me as a Blues fan or as someone who enjoys the blues, is not all that important tonight. I know that sounds crazy, because oh, don't you want to win every game? Yes, yeah. I do. I do. So don't get confused. But how close can you compete with this team? Are you going to give us a Dallas effort to start the season? Mm. Where you hung with the Dallas Stars for the entire game, brought it to a shootout, you lost the game. Would have been a nice win. Doesn't matter. End up being a good point. Are you going to bring that game tonight? Because if you do, and you show that you can compete with the Stars and the Avalanche within your division, it makes me feel like this is a team that truly could push for a playoff spot. But if you bring me the effort like you had against the Coyotes or against the Canucks, I mean, you're going to see just how far off you are yeah. at this point. So for me, it comes down to effort and execution for the Blues tonight, and they better bring both of them if they're going to have a chance. Yeah, if they, if they have the Arizona effort, Colorado could hang a snowman on them. Oh, easily. Even, even with Bennington. Yeah, that. and what's going to happen at some point is Jordan Bennington, like, it's not that he's going to break, but an overworked goalie just becomes overworked. Right. So you got to, you know, help out a little bit here. And I believe the team can do it. I think that the line shakeups are going to be good. I think the beginning of the game, in Colorado, you always want to be even or better going into the second period. If the If the Blues can do that, then they'll give themselves a chance to compete for the game tonight. Don't forget, we've got the coverage for you right here on 101 ESPN pregame starting at 7.30 as the Blues take on the Avalanche with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Apparently Newt and Shohei Otani were hanging out. What does it mean? Probably nothing. Here's the question, though. Here's the question. Should the Cardinals go all in for Shohei Otani? 
Like, we can dream, but does it make sense for this team? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane here on 101 ESPN. Andrew Marsh, Jamie Irvin, Anthony Stalter here. And um, I came across a picture on the interwebs today of Shohei Otani and our guy, Lars Taylor Tatsui Nupar. I'd like to think that Lars was doing the work of God today and recruiting Shohei Otani for the Cardinals. But I don't know if that's what's going on. The bigger question here. Um, that we wanted to get into today is would you still make the deal for Otani even though he can't pitch in the first year? And how would that affect the Cardinals for the rest of this offseason? So, I, guys, here's where I am on it. I don't think you can make that deal. I don't think you can shell out that kind of money for Shohei Otani right now because I feel like it'll handicap you in recruiting or signing anything else because that's a big chunk of change. And you're going to pay double the freight for this because you're going to be paying Shohei Otani as a an ace and a big bat in the lineup, even though he's only going to be a bat in your lineup for this season. But, Marshy, I know you have a different point of view on this as well because you're looking beyond this year and mm-hmm. then you know maybe building out your pitching staff a year from now, not right away. Yeah, it was just a thought that crossed my mind when you brought this up. I'm wondering, okay, let's say the Cardinals can't get or they don't pursue Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, but they do get Shohei Otani. He cannot pitch this upcoming year, but you will have him in the future. I wonder how fans would feel about that because it seems like to me – this upcoming year, if you don't have pitching, maybe you don't make it to the playoffs again, or you can maybe sign some one-year deal guys and then reboot your starting pitching next season, and then you'll have Otani in your rotation. I don't know. Are fans willing to wait a year if they would get Shohei Otani? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the right way to go about things, but it's definitely interesting to think about. Yeah, for me, I'm, I'm with Jamie on this. I, what Look, if you're the Phillies, the reason why the Philly, the, it worked for the Phillies is because they, they kept adding. They didn't just say, one superstar, we're good, we're done. We signed Bryce Harper, done. Kicked up the feet, let's watch him win a World Series. They, they stayed aggressive. You know, they brought in Schwarber. They brought in Trey Turner. They had a star-studded lineup. They signed guys and they kept signing them. They knew that was going to be their model. They weren't drafting well. They didn't want to make a bunch of trades. They didn't have anything to trade because, again, they weren't drafting well. They had to go down this route. I don't think that a team that brings in kind of a savior, it ever works out. You bring in that one guy, and you're like, we'll just kind of fill in the gaps with uh, with with draft picks or you know guys within our organization or smaller signings because that's what the Cardinals, I think, would do here. They're not in L.A., Yes, they could afford Shohei Otani, but what does that do to your 
your spending moving forward then. How much okay, so if we're gonna do that, let's really do that, okay? How much do you think annually the AAV would be on Otani? Forty? Fifty? Fifty. Okay, so it's fifty million dollars. The Cardinals estimate spending fifty million dollars total this offseason. That's what I believe is Rich Gould. Derek Gould. Derek Rich Gould. Rich Gould used to be TV on Channel 11. Yeah. Rich Gould's a heck of a great guy, too. <laughs> Rich, if you're out there listening, hi, man. Um, but Derek Gould, I think he said something along those lines, like it's projected to be somewhere on the 50 million mark. Like that's with like all their like that, their, yeah. their, their uh, arbitration. Like it, So how can you? You can't. How can you do that? You can't. You and can't. then what are the guarantees that Shohei Otani next year comes back and pitches the same way? I would love to see Shohei Otani in a Cardinals uniform. It's I would not, too. It's not going to happen. You're trying to build a team. You're trying to build a team. You don't have pitching. So you sign Otani, you've got to go back to the P-pool and try to find something. If that. Because, if that. But, you're probably going with internal op, uh, options, Jamie, at that point. So it, so it just doesn't make sense. No. It just doesn't. Not you, for the Cardinals. Spending $50 million on a guy who's going to be your DH – to where you've already, and I understand what I'm about to say sounds crazy, but you already have a traffic jam at DH because you have a catcher that can't catch as much as you'd like him to catch. Yeah. So now add Otani to the mix, and, and you need pitching. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Like I want, I, if he was pitching, if if Shohei Otani could pitch, I, even then. It would be difficult Jamie, because you don't have the pieces. Let's look at this another way. You, you can't pitch him every second day. Right. Let's look at this another way. You're a business owner, okay? Mm-hmm. You're a business owner, and you're struggling. One of you, one of the departments is struggling big time, but it's it's also one that you need to rebuild because you won't you won't survive. Your department store won't survive without this one facet. The other facets are fine. It's not like you can just eliminate the, the department. You need it, right? It'd be like running a restaurant and you don't have a grill. <laughs> Basically. So go <laughs> go out and get a grill, yeah. you know? And then also hire a cook that's going to make sure that you utilize that grill well. And whatever that cook needs, surround, mm-hmm. surround them. And then make sure that the staff up front is also prepared to give great customer service. Don't just get the grill. Yeah. Don't just get the top-of-the-line grill and put it back there, Marsh, and say, we're good. We're going to get the George Foreman grill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we're getting. You know that's what we're getting. Mo's going to be like, you have no idea how many meals you can make with this bad boy right here. Right. <laughs> right. He gets the Blackstone grill, and he's like, we're good. Don't have any, don't have anybody to cook on it, but we're fine. But you can't, you're building a team. You're, you're trying to build a team. This may work for other teams because they've got a lot more spending power. They got a lot more leeway. The Boston Red Sox can get rid of all of those players that they got that, that they signed that one off season. They can absorb something like that and still try to add later. The Cardinals can't operate that way. They're building a team. And you need pitching. Period. You, you need more than one pitcher. That's the thing. So like I think the thought process, I believe for the Cardinals, and hopefully it is, is that if they have this $50 million-ish range, like, you're going to go get two studs. Yes. Like, at least then you can add them to Michaelis, Mats, and whoever internally. Mm-hmm. Or you can go get another guy. Like, I, 
I stand firm on this, and I'll say it right now because I start believing it more and more. Sure. Kick the going. tires on Trevor Bauer, I know man. Where you going? Yep. Mookie Betts quoted as, and it's just one guy, but Mookie Betts on record saying that he personally had a great relationship. I'm I'm paraphrasing right now. Yeah. Great relationship with Trevor Bauer, and he wasn't an issue, and all this stuff. Regardless of what you think of Trevor Bauer or what happened, one, he was never found guilty. Two, he never had to pay any restitution because there wasn't enough evidence there, and he fought and he proved it. All these things that. Doesn't make him a great guy. Never said it did, but it at least doesn't make him the type of person that a lot of people thought he was. Sure. You could probably throw a couple million at this guy because his contract was voided with the Dodgers. He didn't get that money. So I know he's still got some money in his pockets if he's smart, which he is. But let's say you threw him a $5 million contract with a bunch of incentives. Mm-hmm. You get to five wins, it's this. Ten wins, it's that. This many strikeouts, this many innings, whatever it is. Throw a boatload of incentives at him. To get him up to maybe 15 at the end of it. But let's say you could sign him for 5 to $7 million, maybe even cheaper. Who knows? Then you can go out and you can take a sledgehammer to the house fly and get Aaron Nola and get Blake Snell. And then can you imagine the top of your rotation with, let's just say, Nola. Nola, Bauer, Michaelis, Mats, and then whoever else. Because you'd still have enough money to go find another guy. Yeah. Hell, you might be able to add Sonny Gray still. Mm-hmm. You might be able to. It makes sense. As much as I push back, and if he back sucks on and this, he's a bad dude. Kick him to the curb. As much as I put back, push back on this, you're right. I mean, if it's a one year deal, yeah. you could potentially get a, a number, a number one or top top of the rotation guy for. And one the year. Cardinals are a very uh, reputable organization. So if Trevor Bauer, if I'm his agent, and I'm talking to Trevor Bauer, I said, "Listen, this is the perfect chance for you to reclaim your career. You go to the Cardinals; they have a really great reputation." You get in there, be a good guy, put your head down, go to work, pitch your, your butt off, and after that, watch what happens. Because if the Cardinals don't cut him, because we know the Cardinal way, right? If they, if Trevor Bauer survives a year with the Cardinals in the Cardinal way, it speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. So other teams now, it may be not so much of a high, you know, standard. Might be like, we don't care. Here, we'll throw right. him $20 million for next year. I just don't see the downside in approaching it. And maybe Trevor Bauer says, no, maybe I have other offers. I can't imagine the phone's ringing off the hook for him right now. But if I'm John Mozeliak, I'm going to the DeWitts, and I'm saying, you have to trust me on this. And if it's wrong, if it's wrong, I'll make up for it. We'll DFA him. He'll be gone. We'll find, like, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, because Trevor Bauer has the potential I don't yeah. know if he's got the potential of being an ace anymore, but he certainly has the potential of being a number one. Sure. So imagine if you had an ace, a number one, and then maybe somebody else. Like now, all of a sudden, you're back on the rails, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't hate it. That's my pobo right there. There you go, Jamie Rivers. <laughs> We're going to play Prove Me Wrong next. So if you get a Prove Me Wrong statement, 314-399-9646, send it into the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, we'll play Prove Me Wrong here on the Fast Lane. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong.
That's right. We're a step into the courtroom. Uh, oh, the honorable. Uh, you know what, Anthony? It's in theme. What do you mean? Well, we were just talking about Trevor Bauer. Yeah, but he never had to. Oh my that. God. Let's try to keep this a little lighter than that. Yeah. No, I know. So we're stepping into the honorable Andrew Marsh's uh, courtroom today for prove me wrong. This is how this is how it works. You throw out a statement. Jamie or I have to prove you wrong, and Marsh is judge, jury, and executioner. Hmm. I think we did well last week. You guys did. We'll see how you fare this week. All right. What do you got, Marsh? Tough one right off the jump from the 618. Prove me wrong. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are only complimentary players on a contender, not franchise cornerstones. Well, it's pretty tough to tell that since this is the first year that they've been the the lead actor in the movie so we're six games in and robert thomas has five point or seven games for robert thomas uh he's got five points already so far this year look i think last year they were the starting cast as well now the team didn't make the playoffs but those guys as individuals had point of game seasons 37 goals for jordan Cairo. i'd like to think that that puts him up anywhere in the league in the top six or even on a top line on most teams, unless you're called the Colorado Avalanche, for that matter. So I, I think that these two guys just need some time to adjust to being the main guys right now for the Blues. And I think that overall, these two players in particular need to figure out a way to create offense while being a very defensive-minded team that might take 10 to 15 games to where they figure out exactly how this is going to go for them. But I definitely think these two players, in particular, with their speed, their skill set, and their Kairou's ability to finish and Thomas's ability to pass the puck, I, I absolutely feel like these guys can be the front runners. Yes. I'll give it to you. Um, yeah, you will. It is early on in the season, early on in their contract, so we'll see how things end up playing out. But yeah, talk uh, to me in a couple years. They have the potential to do it. We'll see how they end up doing. From the 314, prove me wrong. The Cowboys put a 40 spot on the Eagles last season and almost beat them the other game last season with a backup quarterback. So prove me wrong. If they beat the Eagles this Sunday, they are the best team in the NFC. The Eagles also started a backup quarterback in that game in which they had 40. I believe that was the Gardner Minshew game <laughs> for the Eagles, and he almost beat the Cowboys. Dallas, the last time we saw them play an opponent with any sort of pulse, they they were destroyed by the 49ers. The same 49ers team that lost three straight games. Top to bottom, the Eagles have the better roster. They have the better defensive line. They have the better offensive line. They have the better skill position players. No offense to C.D. Lamb, who is outstanding, but A.J. Brown, six straight 100-yard receiving games. Guy's an absolute beast. And, oh, by the way, Dallas Goddard's starting to heat up a little bit. And Devontae Smith, you know they're going to find him at some point. The Cowboys, too, have been disappointed, disappointing from a Tony Pollard standpoint. I thought I thought Tony Pollard would be much better than, than what he has been now. I don't I'm more inclined to believe that he's still recovering from the injury as opposed to like oh he just me he just misses Ezekiel Elliott because Pollard has been a really good running back but not this year so when Dallas can't run the football and they won't be able to run the football this weekend can Dak Prescott win it for him I have I have questions about that I don't think the Cowboys win Eagles will still be the team to beat in the NFC 
Cowboys stink. Yeah, I was going to gonna win wow. no matter what. Yeah, on that one. Uh, yeah, you, you could have just said no. Judge was uh, judge is biased against <laughs> yeah, against that client. Bit, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, you can't lose to the Arizona Cardinals and then say you're the best team in the. NFC. It just doesn't work like that. Very true. From the 636, interesting one here. Prove me Mm. wrong. Jim Mirror selfies are stupid as hell. Jim Mirror selfies are stupid as hell. You know, here's the thing about those mirrors, Jamie. You know this. Anybody that takes their fitness seriously also knows this. Those mirrors are put into place so that you can see form, proper form. You want to make sure that you're doing it properly, right? Uh, sometimes you may need to take a uh, photo of yourself to also make sure that you're you got proper form later on too. Yeah, you know, when you're reviewing mm. your workout, so uh, mirrors are put in place for a reason. Sometimes it's just a little extra study when you take the cell phone picture. Wow, this is a uh, this is Anthony. You provided some some good details there, especially with the progress pictures. Yeah, yeah thank you. Um, mm. However. <laughs> Do that at home, brother. I was dead man Do walking. Do it at home. I was so, dead man walking on that one. Can I Can I just talk about something for a second? <laughs> <laughs> that should be good. Okay. The amount of cell phones I see at the gym these days is ridiculous. Whether it's pictures of themselves or videos of themselves. But my guy, my guy shows up with a damn tripod. To the gym. Ah, must be an influencer. Yeah, Who did? This guy. I don't know. Somebody. Some He's guy. not much of an influencer if I've never even seen this guy before. He's trying. He shows up with his tripod <laughs> and sets it up and, like, starts running sprints. And it's got one of those little things on the, like, the camera follows yeah. the motion. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro. Then he drags it over and he's, like, flexing. He's in okay shape. He's not, like... A Greek god. Yeah. Like, you expect, like, if my influencer is bringing this tripod to the gym, yeah. like, this you guy be an Adonis. is absolutely shredded. Mm-hmm. Like, you're looking at that guy with envy. You're like, okay, I get it. Hell, I'll hold the camera for you. <laughs> this guy does not look like that. And he's sitting there with the tripod and, like, talking to it. And I'm just, I, I told Ashley, I said, if it happens again, I'm going over and I'm tipping his tripod. Oh, oh wow. I, no. I'm going to say, I don't need to hear you talking to whoever it is yeah. while I'm working out. Right. I don't need it. Go into the go into the, the burn zone where there's nobody in that place, maybe one or two people. It's like where you go and do your own little workout, you know? Uh-huh. Go do it in there. Go in there. Right. I, I, I got work to do over here. Right. And I don't want to be in your damn video. Yeah. Like, who the hell wants to... Like, I see these people taking pictures all the time. Like, do you think I want to be in the background of your shot? How do I know they're not taking a picture of me? Or I a video? mean, I would. Okay, so let, I don't blame you. But for that matter, <laughs> for, for some of the women that are around there mm-hmm. working out, like, that is a thing, too, where yeah. guys are... The, ki- the kids call it sniping. Uh, to where you're taking... You look like you're doing a selfie or whatever, and you're taking pictures of other people around you or behind you or, you know, whatnot. Or maybe yeah. they're looking at their form in the mirror, Anthony, <laughs> and they get sniped. Yeah. I just, the camera should not be out at the gym. No. I, I'd like to just get my workout in mm-hmm. and just leave me the hell alone and take your influencer stuff somewhere else. I have my, like, workout on my app. Like, I have an app to mm-hmm. use to, to plug in the weight and exercise and all that stuff. And then 
you know, sometimes I'll time the set yeah, so that's I'm not fine. going to. Anthony, that's but fine. I'm not. I, I never have my camera out. I got There's my no phone reason for it. That's with me all the time because my music is on. Sure. There. So I got it to the AirPods, but I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Take pictures, or I don't. I don't even take phone calls in the gym. No. I won't. I won't no, you're working it. out. Yeah, we got one lady at the gym. If we're gonna stay on this way, I'm amazed. This woman jumps on the treadmill and she's got that thing humming like nine, ten miles an hour, like full on, like and having a conversation. And she's like having a boardroom conversation. <laughs> and we jump on the treadmill, and I'm like, oh, she's on a conference call again, <laughs> and she's literally like doing a whole presentation <laughs> while she. I'm like. I don't even. I ain't even mad. I'm yeah, impressed. I'm impressed at this point. But you for know, the whole wheel of cheese. I'm. I'm just impressed. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my um, your gym rant for the day. That's my rant for the day. Uh, I don't want to hate on on the on the pictures. Like I said, I'm all for progression photos because you know that's for you. Yeah. Just do it at home. We're in. If we're in, especially if we're in the locker room, do not be whipping your phone out. No. So. Although I'd rather see a phone than some of the other things that people are whipping out in these uh, locker rooms, you know? Yeah, there's some questionable things. Why don't we just wear a towel? I don't get it. I don't understand why. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand why it's necessary for some gentleman to, oh, I don't know, have to reach down and pick up something off the floor with no (laughs) towel on. (laughs) What are we doing? I'm like, I don't need to see that much of you. And you don't look. I don't. But when you're walking around a corner, you're like, Dude, you got this guy's Liberty Bells hanging down. Yeah, the old fumble rooski. You're we, like, bro, on, you wrap you, the towel around yourself. Tuck them into your socks. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> All right. Uh, Speaking of low three, hanging fruit, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. From the three one four, I'm just power the, through it, Marsh. Oh, I thought you said Bauer through no. it. As, okay. No, power, power through well, it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, from the 314, uh, this texter saying, don't let you guys off the hook with this one. We asked this question, I believe, two weeks ago, but here we go again. Take NBA players off the court and NHL players off the ice. Prove me wrong that NBA players are better athletes Uh Neither craft, just better athletes. So, I got to get this straight. I'm proving that NBA players are better athletes? So, if you take NHL players... No, but that's what they want me to do is prove them wrong that so they are? if you throw them in, like, a different sport. Yeah. That's I, what I'm getting at. Yeah, I refuse to do that. One, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way. I, I tell you right now, you take almost any hockey player, he can play every single sport. Every single sport. But mm-hmm. and, and when you take them off the ice, like, that's the whole part of it. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if LeBron James can play tennis. I'm sure he can, but every NBA guy. Like, I don't know if he can play tennis or soccer right. or, like, some of these other sports. Yeah. What about football for hockey? Because not, not all those guys are big. No, but there's said, a lot of forwards that are kind of smaller. Yeah, but we're not playing in the NFL. He's better athlete, so all he has to do is be able to throw and catch and run. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying, oh, we're going to line up, um, you know, LeBron James at tight end, or we're going to line up Mitch Marner at tight end. <laughs> right. Like, we're just saying athlete. Yeah. Like, can he run a route and catch a ball? Right. 
I guess, I guess we need more information. This is yeah, I, it our, our law firm. Our, our uh, law firm is requesting more information yeah, on this. Need, like, what what are we competing in? We need a little bit it's, of a oh, continuance. Take them off the take them off the ice. Take them off the basketball court. Well, what are we what are we doing then? What are we competing in? It is a toss up. You know, it's a toss up. Like if you let's for instance, like you put Phil Kessel, hockey player, good hockey player, right? Yeah. Put him in any other sport. I don't know how he's doing. Yeah, and same could be said for, oh, I don't know, somebody like Victor Wembanyama. Put him in uh, on the squash court. What does he look like? Pickleball. Can he play pickleball? Can he run a route playing football? Like I don't know. Maybe yeah. he can. Hmm. We would like a continuance on this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, we need to gather more information. Yes. We'll have to push. You know, I'm not a big law person. You know, I, I abide by the laws, but mm-hmm. I don't know the yeah. terminology. One of us. So nice. we will push this. I think that might be the the right terminology. Yeah, we need more inform- We need more information for sure, for sure. So we'll we'll just leave it at that. All right, that's proving me wrong here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. The uh, I made this comment last week, and I was almost hoping that I'd be wrong. But Marsh read something to me in the office. I'm like, well, nope. I'm gonna be uh, one of the few things I get right. And it's not great if you're Major League Baseball. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. So Andrew Marsh read something to me in the office today. Uh, last week, was I that said, because you couldn't read it? That's correct. <laughs> Jamie, I don't know why you had to bring it on air. Everybody knows I that. Just, you know Everybody what? knows I was in the orange reading group <laughs> after after starting the blue reading group in first grade. Yeah. I got dropped to the orange reading group. Yeah, well, I would mean, say uh, relocated within the company. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how they put it. Okay, you're going to be in the orange reading group now. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. But look at me now. Now I got people reading in me now. So anyways, last week I said this Diamondbacks Rangers World Series I think might be the lowest rated World Series oh, of is. all time. No, it is. Marsh, you got the numbers, right? Listen to this. Yeah, I do. It's uh, it's not great. 8.5 million viewers. I hear you. That's me. Got it twice there. <laughs> Burned on one hand and shocked on the other. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, Andrew. Go ahead, Marsh. Okay. 8.5 <laughs> million viewers. It is the least watched ever mm. World Series, according to Front Office Sports. If we go back to 2016, the World Series has sort of been dipping down in the last uh, seven years. The 2016 World Series between the Chicago Cubs and the then Cleveland Indians was at 22.8 million, and now it's down to 8.5. So, the question is, I guess there's two questions. One, can any can Major League Baseball do anything about this? And two, why? Actually, first, why is it down? And two, is there anything Major League Baseball can do? I, I Jamie, if you don't have storylines, that first question is pretty easy to answer, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think Major League Baseball has done a good enough job of selling that this is the first, like, the, the Texas Rangers have never won it. Yeah. Do you still think baseball, casual baseball fans would care? I think, I think they would, but maybe not until, like, now. 
to where they can actually win it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm a casual-ish baseball fan, probably not interested in the World Series, but then when I keep seeing headlines of, you know, one game closer to their first ever World Series, you know, blah, 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 blah. One game left before, I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of neat. I'm going to tune in tonight because they have a chance to win it. Now, will I be watching every pitch? Probably not. But then when you get close to the game, you're like, okay, they have a chance here. Like, to me, that's the only storyline available. This is why... Or the underdog, I guess, with the Diamondbacks, but right. nobody cares nobody about the ca- Yeah, nobody cares. Nobody's been paying attention to, no. to Arizona. That's that's part of the problem. You weren't watching them in the regular season. Why care about them now? Just because they're an underdog? You've seen an underdog win before. Mm-hmm. Jamie, this is, this is why I often push back when people are like, I want a couple of new teams. No, you don't. You <laughs> think you do, but you don't. What you want is that team to root against because you're sick and tired of them, i.e. the Patriots i.e. the Dodgers, i.e. the Astros or the Yankees back in the day or the Red Sox. You want a team to root against. You don't you do not want new blood. This is new blood. Anybody watching? No. You don't yeah. there's no draw. You want a team to root for and a root a team to root against and you don't care. Well, and one thing that I keep hearing that I, I'm gonna push back on is well the, the the market, you know, the 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 Texas market, that's a pretty big market. That's a major market. Well, no, it isn't. And here's why it isn't. Because if you, if you live in Ottawa, Canada, you don't care about the Texas Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> but if the Dodgers are playing the Yankees, you're watching the game. Right. If you're in Calgary, Alberta, you don't care about the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. But if the Chicago Cubs are in the World Series, maybe you're tuning in. Yeah. So it's not that the market isn't big enough. It's just not a marquee market sure or a marquee team does that make sense it does this is where i think major league baseball also fails we often talk about the players not being promoted enough right like the star players being promoted what about your own teams you're not promoting your own teams mm-hmm. how many people how many casual baseball fans even knew that that bruce bochi had came back are you doing enough throughout the course of the regular season to push your products? Or are you just pushing Yankees-Red Sox on a Sunday night? Well, they are. How many times did we see the Yankees-Red Sox on Sunday night baseball? Both those teams were not fun to watch. Right. And we mentioned it yesterday with Dan. That rivalry used to be unbelievable, and it's not anymore. Yeah. It's not. When you have two, when you have a team that's down, or you have two teams, in this case this past year, that's, that is down, good luck. But if you're Major League Baseball, you, you're going to have to bite the bullet and and start to cover more of your teams now and really force feed the storylines. It's going to be slow at first, but you have to build you have to build it up so that in case the Rangers and Diamondbacks do kind of get in, at least people might have that, oh, yeah, Bochy, or oh, whatever the storyline may be. Yeah. Because you're really pushing it out there. I don't think it's going to be easy because baseball is a regional sport. There might be nothing that Major League Baseball baseball can do about this. You love your Cardinals. You'll you'll pay attention to the postseason if the Cardinals are, are still in. Otherwise, you're checked out. And this is one of the strongest baseball markets in the nation. I wonder if this has anything to do with the fact that the season is now bleeding into November. And there's a bunch of other sports going on. Yep. We have NBA that's now playing. You're right. The NFL is in full swing. The NHL is back. You do not have the spotlight. You don't. Like we, I, I, I like going on Twitter and seeing all these 
you know, on this day back in blah, 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 like game seven of the World Series, it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. Or like a week ago or something like that. The games are now in November. Like, what Correct. are we doing? I understand 2001 being in November because of what happened with 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the season the is... pandemic or whatever. Yeah, right, right. right. But now... Right. The season is too long, and now you added more teams to the playoffs, and it's it's way too long. They need to yep. shorten the season. And I know it's a money thing. The owners will never shorten the season. But I think if you went to 140 games for each team, it's not a massive deal. It's 22 games. Yep. But then you did have your playoffs with the same number of teams, so that's still kind of compelling or you know, it, it gives people a chance that hopefully their team gets in. Absolutely. But then to your point, Anthony, build the storylines. Yes. Like MLB should have at least one person, if not more, in charge of each team that mm-hmm. makes the playoffs. Like here's to 10 teams that might get in. Now there's only seven that get in. But what are the storylines? Mm-hmm. Build, build it from there. You know what? Make me a movie right now. Yep. What are the storylines? And you start hammering that crap out on your socials. You start sending it to the teams themselves so they can put it out on socials so that you're starting to see this stuff over and over again. More players on mainstream TV, not just MLB Network. Right. More players on ESPN, on you know whatever. Maybe there's players that are on TNT and the basketball broadcast. You don't think guys would jump on with Shaq? Yeah, and, and, yeah, and Barkley, Matthew Kachuk Cro- was on cross TN- promote pro- last year in the playoffs. Matthew Kachuk ended up on the basketball set of TNT talking mm-hmm. with these guys about hockey and like, what yep. are we doing here? I agree. I wonder if uh, if just people are are checked out now, like the season. Being too long, people are checked out. Like, if your team's not in it, why, why, well, why are you compelled well, yeah, to watch? And how long are you going to to watch that for? Because mm-hmm. obviously the Cardinals not in the playoffs this year. Yeah, will I watch the first few rounds of the playoffs? Well, sure. You know, because it, it it's fresh. Like, I still want to watch baseball. Yeah. You know, my team has been terrible all year. Let me watch some good baseball. You get some day games, which is kind of exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. And now that you know Halloween has passed, people are. People are just doing things. There's a, there's a lot more to do. And we get a, an interesting text here. I don't know what you guys think of this, but from the 314, gambling on sports is now legalized and baseball bets are boring compared to others. It's a great, oh, it's a great point. Are they? Yeah. How? There's so many prop bets. I've said this now. With baseball fi- has a ton of prop listen, bets. Listen, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you got the FanDuel app, then you're good. You're good to go. Because you know they got all the player props. They got all the same game parlays. FanDuel.com slash fast. Yeah. That texture is right, though. Money lines, and I've said this before, I've, I've been saying this for years, money lines confuse the casual better. They can look at a point spread and say, okay, minus seven plus seven, I, I realize what, what the team I'm wagering on needs to do. When it comes to money line, you get a, a minus 150 thrown at you. I have no idea. I just want to bet on the Rangers, right? Oh, they're a favorite at that point, Anthony. They are a favorite at yeah. minus 150. Yeah. Which means... So if you bet... $15. Yeah, you win. 10 Exactly. It's not good. No. No. I was going to explain that to you. Yes. I appreciate that, Jamie. Hey, Thank you. I got you. Point spreads. That's why NBA and NFL and college football do a lot better than baseball and hockey. Information isn't there, too, with hockey. So, but this no. te- that texture is absolutely right. No, but again, I think that it is you, my mic. It, no, it's mine too. 
What was I tightening? Mm. <laughs> nice job, Jamie. You guys got to stop fidd- fiddling around with those mics. Yeah. Keep touching them too much. I know. Well, Anthony's good. When Anthony touches his, it goes right up in his face. It does. Yep. See? Mm. Just, I, I barely. Anthony's got the touch. As soon as he touches, I mean, it goes yeah, up it does, fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take that much. No, no. it certainly doesn't. No. Nope. Hey, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We'll get back into some blues hockey. Blues boys. hockey. Jamie, what do you want to talk about? I don't think we. I don't think we. Talk about hockey. I got something for us. Oh, hot damn! Oh boy, here comes Marshy. Next the top rope. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, Marsh. You said you had something for us, hockey-wise. Yes. Let it rip, baby. I want to talk about team speed with the Blues. Uh, this is from Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter. He I'd just not. posted a... I, I understand where that's coming from. All he did was post a picture using the NHL tracking data yeah. for the fastest players, essentially, in the NHL that exceeded... How are we looking, Marsh? Well, Anthony, I'm getting there. Uh, oh. that frequently exceed 20 miles per hour, and that is from last year into, oh, I'm sorry, the past two seasons, right? So this is from the past two seasons. Uh, and maybe you could say, well, the players have gotten faster, whatever. But if we're looking at this, in the top 100, the Blues only have two players. That is Kasperi Kapanen, who ranks 36, and Jordan Cairo, who ranks 57. Now, when you look at the same tracking data for the frequently uh, exceeding 20 miles per hour for the past two seasons. You look at the bottom half of the league, the Blues have four players. That includes Braden Shen, Pavel Buchnevich, Oscar Sundquist, and Kevin Hayes. So I want to get your thoughts on team speed for the Blues and how they implement that within their game. Because a lot of people, especially on the text line, think that the Blues are too slow. Yeah, and when they don't play the way they need to play, they are too slow. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go player for player across the league, then the Blues don't have a fast team. But that's why I say you have to be able to play fast. Craig Berube knows it too. Doug Armstrong knows Nobody is sitting in their office thinking that, boy, this team's really blessed with speed. Yeah. Like, that's why adding Kapanen, adding Verana – that's part of the attraction there was they did bring speed to the table because you have to remember you had Ryan O'Reilly, you had David Perron. Yep. Uh, these guys are great players, but they weren't fast. No. They just weren't. But so, they could play fast. But you could play fast. With the puck. With and without the puck. You know, th- that five, six-foot puck support at the right time, being available for a pass at the right time lets your team play a faster game. Mm-hmm. Um, call it an illusion or whatever you want, but other teams feel it. It's just a fact. When you can gain the zone with puck possession and you've got a middle lane drive and you've got secondary 
wave of offense with the defenseman jumping up and joining the attack, and you can move the puck to one of those guys. You continue pressing north up the ice. Makes you feel or appear like you're a faster team. So that's why it's so important for the Blues uh, to a man to make sure they're dedicated to competing and playing the connected game. Because if they're not connected, it it looks like you're just not. It looks clunky. It looks yeah. slow. It looks. All yeah. of those things. Almost like the, the effort isn't there, which is not the case. They're not playing fast. So, Jamie, to, to, to use yet another cross-sport reference, right? When it comes to football, if you want your players to play faster, as I hit my mic right in my big old schnoz. You play with it. It goes up every time. Yeah, it certainly does, Jamie. You know that. Mm-hmm. If you want a faster defense, but you don't necessarily have elite speed defensively, you simplify things. So like a defensive line, for example. Instead of giving them multiple things to look at, they have, like, one gap. That's it. One gap, get upfield. That's what Pete Carroll did in Seattle with the Legion of that Legion of Boom team. Now, Legion of Boom was obviously the secondary, but mm-hmm. the defensive line, one gap, baby. That's it. They played a lot of cover three, and you do that enough, you get used to it, you get comfortable, and then you play faster. Is there a simplified version of what the Blues are doing that they can implement so that they can play faster. Well, there's nothing difficult or complex about the way they play. It's just hockey. It's just making sure that you compete to be that puck support. It's what it is. And from the small, from the time that you're a, a child playing hockey, the coach always says the puck always moves faster than the player. So if you're available for a pass up the ice and the player who has the puck can Get execute a pass tape to tape, You've just advanced the puck 40 feet, faster than any one person can skate, including Connor McDavid, up the ice. So now if you have another guy available after that that's supporting the puck, and he moves the puck up the ice another 10 feet within a half a second or millisecond, that puck has traveled now 50, 60 feet up the ice like that. Boom. Yeah. That's playing fast. You don't have to take the puck behind the net and go coast to coast. At 25 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. You just have to have guys that are available to receive a pass and to continue to move the puck north up the ice. And that's where the Blues that's where the Blues can be a faster team by designing just simple plays to keep the puck moving and executing. And when you pass the puck side to side or backwards, it kills team speed. Yeah. How can you be pushing or pushing the pace up the ice? If you're drop passing inside your blue line, you got a guy that's up at the blue line, he's available, but you pass it through the middle of the ice and it gets picked off and head back the other way. That kills your team speed if you're the Blues because you're not blessed with individuals that are all high-end skaters. One of my favorite plays I saw, I I forgot which team was doing this, but they would make that stretch pass to a guy right inside the red in the blue line. And he had no speed heading into the zone, but the guy that made the pass followed up with more speed heading north and a little one-touch pass, and that defenseman closes in on that gap at the blue line to try and gap up. But by the time he's right there, that other guy's going 100 miles an hour right at him, and he can blow past him. The old torpedo. Yes. They call that. 
They do. They call it torpedo play. The old torpedo. Yeah, because one guy just circles up and heads up the ice, yeah. and one guy kind of drifts to the middle of the ice or whatever with very little movement, and you fire that pass up, the defenseman you know, closes out on this guy, and he just pops it to the side. The other guy's flying. <laughs> oh, nice. It's kind of like the, the ladder play. Yeah, the Statue the of Liberty hook, almost. Hook well, not ladder. the Statue of Liberty, the hook and ladder. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So. But the Blues need to make that first pass, and sometimes they've struggled with that, and that's dating back to last year, too. Blues Avalanche tonight pregame starting at 7.30 right here on 101 ESPN. Wild Bill got past Jamie and Marsh. Gala Trophy on the line for Bill next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh two. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we welcome back Bill. For a third consecutive show, which means Bill has an opportunity to collect a gauntlet trophy today. What's up, Bill? Hey, there's me. Hey, Bill, you there? Welcome back, Bill. For a Bill, turn down your radio. All right. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we put? I Bill think we on heard him. I think I just heard him. Bill, you there? Hey, Bill, you there? Yeah, All right, Bill, you got to turn down your radio or whatever you're listening to because I can hear myself. Uh, I thought I had a hand gun. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Bill, how you doing? Okay. I'm doing good. How you doing? Okay, good. All right. Uh, Bill, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Did you save me on purpose or was just kind of flying by the seat of your pants? I figured I'd better get Jamie first. I didn't know if he'd be on the next couple of days. Oh, it was logistics. Okay. I kind of like that. All right, Bill. I thought he'd be off, uh, I thought he'd be off with the Blues today. Yeah. TNT, TNT game, today. game yep. tonight. All right, Bill. Good luck to you. Know. All right. Thank you. All right. All right, Bill. Anthony's going to head off to the Cone of Silence. He's going to join Tanner Hendricks in there today. Um, let's see here. You know what time it is. Bill's time to spin the wheel. Tell Marshy, spin that wheel. Spin the wheel, Marshy. All right, Bill, you got random the last couple of days. What are you hoping for? Are you hoping for a, a hat trick of random and just that's it? No, anything but random. Ooh, okay. No uh, Tyler O'Wheel today. Been yeah, put on the IR. We're shocker. back to the OG. <laughs> it's not random. It is not random, Bill. It's baseball. How you feel about that's that? I didn't, want to, I didn't really want to get football with... Uh, Anthony, I yeah. know how good he is at home. Oh, I know, I know. He tells us about it all the time, too. That guy, I'm <laughs> telling you. All right, Bill. So, go over the rules one last time. I know you know them, but we're going to repeat them anyways. There's four questions. Each question is worth two points. Unless you use the options and answer, answer correctly, that's only one point. Of course, the wrong answer is zero points. Bill, are you ready to rock and roll, buddy? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Category, once again, is baseball. Question number one. Tonight, Texas aims to close out Arizona in Game 5 of the World Series. Name the Diamondbacks 
all-time leader in hits? Uh, I guess I need the options. All right. Is it Luis Gonzalez, Paul hmm. Goldschmidt, or Justin Upton? Uh, my first thought was Gonzalez. So... I guess I'll go with him, Gonzalez. Final answer? Final answer. Thank you. Question number two. What nation captured the inaugural World Baseball Classic back in 2006? I'll need the options again. Options are the Dominican Republic, Japan, or the United States? Uh... I'm going to go with Dominican Republic. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Bill, question three. The Rangers are back in the Fall Classic for the first time since 2011 when they fell to the Cardinals in seven games. Who managed that Texas team? Oh, I can picture him and I can't remember his name. Damn. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to have the options. All right. Was it Jerry Naren, Ron Washington, or Buck Showalter? Ron Washington. I should have known that. Final answer? Final answer. Final question for you, Bill. The Cardinals' Tommy Edmond is among this season's NL Gold Glove Award finalists. Where did Tommy Edmond play his college baseball? <laughs> Oh, I have no idea. I have to have the options again. Options are Stanford, USC, or South Carolina. Uh, Stanford. Final answer? Final answer. All right, Bill, we're going to get Anthony back in here from the Kona Silence. How are we feeling, buddy? Not feeling good at all. No, huh? No. I can't believe I couldn't remember Ron Washington's name. All right, well, Anthony's back in here, so we're not going to talk about any of this stuff. We don't want him uh, getting any ideas around here as he plugs his ears back in. Anthony, how's it going silence today? It was great. T-Bone and I were just, uh, we're talking about life. Were you? Yep. What were you uh, you guiding the young man, were you? Uh, yeah, you know our rule, Jamie. When we're talking to somebody younger than us, we give them advice and then we tell them, "Yeah, don't do what I did. That's it. Yeah. It's always good advice. All right, well, I'm going to tell you something right now, Anthony. You better pack a lunch. All right, fair. All right. Categories baseball Ooh, today. No random. Almost was random. Barely. Was it? it tick, 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 just passed it. Mm. But baseball it is. Okay. Question number one. Tonight, Texas aims to close out Arizona in Game 5 of the World Series. Name the Diamondbacks all-time leader in hits. Diamondbacks all-time leader in hits. Okay. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt was there for a while. Luis Gonzalez was there for a long time. Who else would have been there for a while? They had one of the opt-ins, but I don't think it's in. Matt Williams was there for a while, not long enough. It's got to be either Goldschmidt... Or Luis Gonzalez. 
And I'm sure you're gonna, if I ask for the options, those two guys are gonna be on there. But if I ask for the options, maybe you'll give me somebody I'm not thinking of. Hmm. I'm gonna say Luis Gonzalez. I'm gonna take my shot here because Gonzalez... Gonzalez collected a lot of hits and I feel like he was there just as long as Goldie, if not more. So Luis Gonzalez... Final answer. Question number two. What nation captured the inaugural World Baseball Classic back in 2006? Uh, was that... Was that Japan? I'll take the options. Options are the Dominican Republic, Japan, or the United States. I'll take Japan. Final answer. All right, question three. The Rangers are back in the Fall Classic for the first time since 2011 when they fell to the Cardinals in seven games. Who managed that Texas team? Uh, that was, um, that's how baseball go. Uh, oh, I'm having a brain fart now. Um, Ron Washington, Ron Washington, final answer. Final question. The Cardinals' Tommy Edmond is among the se this season's NL Gold Glove Award finalist. Where did Tommy Edmond play his college baseball? I think he was a Stanford guy. Um, I'm 95% I'm, I'm sure he's Stanford. I'm going to say Stanford, final answer. All right. Let's go over this. Anthony and Bill, Bill going for a gauntlet trophy. Let's go question number one. Tonight, Texas aims to close out Arizona in game five of the World Series. Name the Diamondbacks all-time leader in hits. Bill, you said Luis Gonzalez. Mm. Anthony, you said Luis Gonzalez. Answer is... It is Luis Gonzalez. Nice. But... Anthony did not oh. need the options. Up two to one on Bill. Let's go to question four. Cardinals' Tommy Edmond is among this season's NL Gold Glove Award finalists. Where did Tommy play his college baseball? Bill, you said Stanford. Anthony, you said Stanford. Answer is... It is Matt Stanford. But Anthony did not need the options, oh, wow. and Bill did. Four to two, Anthony... After two. Third question. What nation captured the inaugural World Baseball Classic back in 2006? <laughs> Bill, you said the Dominican Republic. Anthony, you said Japan. Answer is... It is Japan. Wow. Anthony, the options. He's up 5-2, headed in the last one here. The Rangers are back in the Fall Classic for the first time since 2011. When they fell to the Cardinals in seven games. Who managed that Texas team? Bill said Ron Washington. Anthony, you said that's how the baseball go. Ron <laughs> Washington. Answer is. It is Ron Washington. But Anthony did not need the options. Uh, Bill. You have chosen poorly. You lose. Man, Bill, Anthony got you today. He was on a heater. Yeah, he was. Wow, 7-3 final. It did good, though, Bill. He did a real good job. You did, yeah. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. 
Thanks, Bill. Thanks for listening. Go Blues tonight. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Oh boy. There we go. Bill, thanks, buddy. Take care. Okay. He, he hung was, up. He No. No, I think he's... Anthony, you just ruined his day. I think I did. He was devastated. Bill would want it no other way. Yeah, that's right. He wouldn't. Uh, that's right. Based on how nice Bill was, um, one, it kind of sucks to just, you know, you absolutely <laughs> kicked Bill right in the Pichoneris there today. I should have said Japan, With too. I would have had a clean, boot on. Yeah. clean sweep. Rising there. sun. My goodness. Yeah, the right, yeah it was. Um, Fans, the, the hamster fell out of its wheel with the Ron Washington, then got back on, fortunately. Mm. Yeah, and uh, your options, Goldie and Gonzalez and Upton were your options for that one. Upton, oh, really? Yeah. So Okay. So those questions, they were good. They were. They're better for you than they were for Bill yeah, today. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> Feel bad for Bill? I do, I too. I think it's because Bill's radio was on the background. But maybe. It wasn't a good start. Thing is, though, you picked up the save. I did, yeah. That was my first one since whenever. Yeah, since June. I feel feel good, yeah. I feel good about that. Uh, T-Bone's going to have to be with me in the cone of silence. I think he was the good luck charm today. He texted me and said, please don't send this guy ever back in here. I don't know why. He doesn't feel the same way. All credit to T-Bone, who will join me again in the cone of silence every single time that I have the gauntlet. So he's just going to have to stay um, a little later. Oh, yeah, T-Bone did text and said that uh, your flatulence was off the charts today. Well, you know, had a nice salad, had some cabbage in there, so, you know. Things happen. Foliage? <laughs> Foliage, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Absolutely. All right, that's the gauntlet. We do have Jeremy Rutherford joining us in about 15 minutes or so. But let's get into Dabo Sweeney. Dabo Sweeney. Taking, call- taking callers behind a woodshed. Questioning yeah. it, how much he's making. Did he? Yeah-ish. Yeah. We'll get into him next on 101 ESPN. Embarrassing. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. In 10 minutes, we're going to talk to Jeremy Rutherford about some of the line combinations, changes, defensive structure. How do you get this PowerPoint, uh, power play? Not PowerPoint. You could use a PowerPoint presentation on the Blues when it comes to the power play. JR, I'm sure, has studied mm. that uh, PowerPoint very closely ahead of uh, tonight's game against the Avalanche. Yeah, you oh, think yeah. JR is a PowerPoint guy? Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Huh. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Those not all that easy to navigate, you know. Not typically. No, you got kind of got to know what you're doing with that. Yeah. I remember my daughter showed me how to do a PowerPoint. She was like nine at the time. Yeah. yeah. Did it stick? I had to do a presentation for USA Hockey on skill development. Huh. And uh, I was like, well, it's going to be a massive room with like hundreds of coaches. The dry erase board's not going to cut it. Yeah. And so I was like, uh, I got to figure out a video component to this. And uh-huh. So, yeah, she sat there with me and put together this PowerPoint presentation, and it went swimmingly. Nice. Yep. Did you have the graphics that went, Oh, yeah, she had things moving around, like, from the top to the bottom, and then, yeah. like, overlapping and one disappearing, and, like, all this crazy <laughs> stuff. All I had to do is hit the little space bar. <laughs> Look at this. I can hit the space bar. That's awesome. All right. As I you do, were, Anthony. I used to play around with the PowerPoint, uh, you know, growing up in elementary school. Oh, we all do when we're growing up. It was great. Like, I think I spent more time, though, on the transitions and the word art and all that stuff. The, the actual content. Like, 
Hey, why aren't you done with your PowerPoint? Well, I spent about an hour on the transitions. Mm. You can totally see Marshy doing that. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, he's in the weeds, and it's like, what's your project on? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. There's like four sentences in here, but they look incredible. It's so perfect. Hey. That was you that time. This is me. Yep. Yep. Anyways, Dabo Sweeney was on his radio show the other day. We didn't get to this yesterday uh, when Jamie was out, but uh, we <laughs> we wanted to get into it now. So this is Dabo Sweeney. I'm sure some of you have heard the audio already, but for, but for those that haven't, this is Dabo Sweeney talking on his radio show. After a caller took him to task about, <laughs> hey, you're four and four. How much do you make? This is Dabo. You can have all your opinions that you want. All right. I don't know how old you are. Don't really care. Yeah. All right. But Sounds like you care. Um, we won 11 games last year, and you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because what? that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is the, the appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, and that's the problem. And so, you know, we've won 12 10 plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So, if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniffed a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. All right? But to answer your question – all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins. All right, we, we, if you, you want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody, Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, and say, what's the difference in Clemson? Let me tell you, at, Cle- at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is is we've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now even when you win, people like you complain and criticize the coaches and question everything. You, you, people like you – Apparently the audio. Yeah, my wife Kristen's listening. She said the audio sounds terrible. Yeah, it's, it wasn't she's, coming through. Yeah, she at says all. no audio. Dabo sound. She said Dabo clip sounds like a Martian. Okay, yeah. so then we're, we apologize for the last two minutes of your life. Yeah. To listen to that. <laughs> we could hear just fine. Yeah, we so could hear we fine. We didn't know. We, yeah, we were not aware. It sounded fine. You just missed out on the Cardinals press conference. In the yeah. press conference. <laughs> they just had it. Here's what we'll do for those who were listening to that, couldn't hear it, and don't really know what we're talking about. There was a caller to Dabo Sweeney's coaches show that basically took him to task saying, you're four and four and you make $11 million a year or something yeah. like that. You know, how do you justify that? And so Dabo Sweeney went on to well, kind of ber- like insult the person. I don't mm-hmm. know how old you are. I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much money you make. I don't care. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Just kind of basically pleading his case that he's a good coach and that other coaches sucked before him and now he's like been you know right. this this gift from god he's got two national championships and he has a great resume so that's kind of the gist of it i'm paraphrasing the heck out of that because we already wasted two minutes on yeah. apparently robotic voices well the christian said it sounded worse than charlie brown's mom wow hmm. yeah i thought she was gonna say that, that sounded wah, wah, wah. worse than jamie does 
No, she wouldn't say that. No, she might say that about you, though. That probably. Yeah. yeah. It's in play. Mm-hmm. And I can't blame her. Yep. But that being said. Thanks. No, you're welcome. I got your back. You know that. Maybe not. But. <sighs> Didn't sound like it. That being said, I see both sides of this in a way. Like, I see the side where Dabo Sweeney is, like, not pleading his case, but reminding the listeners or the fan base that he's got a pretty damn good resume while coaching at Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I don't see it is, like, I, I don't think you need to attack people if you're the coach. You don't have to take it personally. Like, Correct. Like, if your resume is that good and your record is that good, like, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And people, you have to understand as a coach, the fan base is going to be irritated by the lack of success. They don't care what happened last year. A lot of people don't. So what's happening this year? And Clemson wasn't great last year either. So now that's two in a row. So the fan base gets a little irritated. And this is where I'll drag it back to our very own Craig Berube. Because we don't get to talk to Ollie a lot. But we talk to Chief on a weekly basis. I don't think it's a surprise to anybody listening to know that last year was challenging for the Blues as an organization and for Craig Berube as a head coach. He never, ever once declines to come on the show. Mm-hmm. Never says it's a bad time. Never ducks us. Never ducks us. Never um, gets mad at the fan base. He understands his role, but he also knows, he's, he's self-confident enough to know how hard he's working and what he's capable of doing with the team and what he is doing with the team. Dabo Sweeney sounds like someone who's completely insecure or an egomaniac. I don't know which one it is. Sometimes those two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Because your ego has to be so big because you have so many insecurities. It's the only way to make yourself feel better. I know I'm Dr. Phil right now. Yeah. Doing a pretty good job, right? Keep it going. Um, if I'm the head coach, I just say, hey, look, yeah, we're four and four. I make an awful lot of money. I get it. I understand. But one thing I'm not doing is I'm not shortchanging you people on how hard I work. Mm-hmm. The results aren't there right now. We're hoping that it changes by the end of the season. And certainly next season looking like we want to be a lot better. But I'm at the football field at 7 a.m. Or I've slept there for three nights now. I haven't seen my kids play baseball or basketball. Like, it's not like you just, you need to kind of, um, you know, draw the parallel between the common fan and you because both entities can be working really hard. Yes, one is compensated tremendously, but they're also creating a bunch of revenue like that. So it's usually all uh, commensurate to what you bring in. So I don't fault the, the listener for being upset. I don't fault Dabo Sweeney for wanting to kind of plead his case. I do fault the way he approached it. I felt like that was a little bit unprofessional. We gotta get to Jr. I'll, I'll make I'll make my points quick on this because Jamie, you and I, Jamie, you and I are on the same page here. Look, it, the, the, the caller. No, no, you're great. The the caller was being a Diamondback. Okay, he's being a Diamondback. Dabble then in turn became a bigger Diamondback. They're both they're both Diamondbacks in this situation. Okay, you, you both you both look like jerks. Just just because it's like oh, I'm gonna out jerk him, you're still looking like a jerk. If Dabble simply said. I understand the frustration of the fan base on this. I'm ticked off too. And then said everything that you just said about, you know, how hard everybody's working, not George. I like what he said about it's on me. Mm-hmm. I'm accountable for this. Yep. We have 
two national two national titles in the last seven years. Only only two program only other programs that could say that Georgia and Alabama. I'm very proud of that accomplishment. And as a Clemson fan, you should you should be as well. This year hasn't been good enough. If you want to talk about the graduation rate, outstanding. I thought that was great too. I you think know, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. For ninety percent graduation, he said ninety five or whatever he said. So you could list all those things out, off while also <laughs> while also having even if they even if the caller didn't deserve it, having empathy for the caller too. You're a frustrated Clemson fan. I am too. I'm in yep. charge here. We're we're gonna get this thing right. That's I'm my go job. Fire the ball, boy. Don't have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have to say anything about your salary. You don't have to say anything. You have to justify. It. You earned it. But you know why? Because Clemson's willing to pay you that. Mm-hmm. So whatever anybody's willing to pay you, that's what you. And it's that, what you can generate. That's what you too. earn. It's what you generate, though. Right. Too. You the don't even have to get into that, though. Generate. I know, but people sometimes need to be reminded of that. Because if it's someone who works at a bookstore, whatever, works hard, works 40 hours a week, but they feel like they're being underpaid, well, but how much are you earning the bookstore? Like, is the bookstore making millions off of your shift? Right. If they are, then you're then 100% you, yes. undercompensated. Right. So that's why I always feel like it's important to outline, you know, what the amount of money that is being brought in, you know, attached to guy's salary yeah. quite honestly his salary is probably not enough for the money that that college has made during his tenure sure that's jamie rivers and anthony Saltz. all right let's get into some loose hockey next with our guy jeremy rutherford from the athletic captain take them to camp for roger roger we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn our Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's head to our 101 ESPN Sports Celebrity Line, where we've got our guy Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic. He's our Blues Insider at JP Rutherford, where you can follow him on Twitter. What's up, JR? Oh, just finishing up my PowerPoint presentation here. Yeah, you you seem like a PowerPoint guy. That makes sense, yeah, right? Big time. Big time. Yeah, I got a lot of them filed away and, and working on one for uh, the power play. For a you've never you've never been asked to share them, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. You're still going to collect them to just make sure any anybody at any time needs a PowerPoint. JR is all over. It doesn't mean they don't exist. Yeah, nope. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to ask. So yeah, yeah. I don't have to produce anything here. Uh, JR, proje- you you had the projected lineup a couple of hours hours ago. What do you think? What do you think about Verona being back in? That that seems to be kind of the the most noteworthy thing, at least from my standpoint. Yeah, I like it, Anthony. I think that you always, always, always have to give the player a chance to respond. If you're going to call him out, if you're going to take him out of the lineup, you're going to put his name in the headlines, and I think you got to give him a chance. And to be honest, uh, you know, Riv probably has a thought on this, but I don't think you can wait too long. Like, it can't be three or four games. So, you know, I talked to Verona the other day at his locker. He says he just got the message, and now you give him a chance to show what he can do. Yeah, you got to let him back out to play. I mean, he's going to—he's a guy that can be a point producer for your club, and guess what? You're not scoring goals. Right now, not not in an uh, abundance of goals, that's for sure. So you got to try and get him going and motivate him uh, the right way for sure. So Jr. takes me to the next point here: is you know, in your opinion, what should the Blues be doing more of on the power play? Just your opinion. You watch, uh, you've watched a lot of games for a long time. You know what it looks like when it's good, and you certainly know what it looks like when it's bad. Yeah. So. 
early on in the year, obviously, it looked horrible, and, and it has not gotten any better, but there have been some power plays where they've established some zone time, and they've gotten it in there, and they've made a few passes, and so you go, okay, there's progress. But even when they made that progress, and even when they were zipping it around a few times, there wasn't enough at the net. And I feel like it's been forever since I've watched a Blues power play where there was a shot at the net, it dropped, there's a rebound, and there's some commotion in front of the net, and they're trying to put the puck in there. Like, I, I don't feel like that's been there. And the only way to create that, Riv, is to put some shots on net. So the other day when they switched up the units, and we'll see those uh, different units tonight, they've kind of got a more balanced look as opposed to a, quote, power play one and a power play two. What I noticed is that they were taking a lot more shots from the side, and uh, one-timers even, which we haven't seen a lot of. And I asked Craig Bruby about it afterwards at practice, and he said, yeah, that's the focus. So a lot of times they say that that's what we'll see, and, and we don't. I know you touched on that the other day. It's difficult. There's another team out there. But the idea tonight is to get more shots on net. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, switching gears just a little bit here, Paul Paul Stastny has decided to retire after 17 NHL seasons. Of course, he spent a few here in St. Louis. Uh, what was one of your favorite memories uh, from the Paul Stastny era here in St. Louis, JR? Well, uh, yeah, I laugh because I got one I'll tell you here in a second that I just can't get out of my mind. But uh, I'll tell you that uh, when Paul Stastny signed here in St. Louis, that was a huge deal. Like, I get it, he's a St. Louis hometown kid, and that happened before Pat Maroon came home, so on and so forth, Anthony. But he was a big name in the league. He was a point producer. He was the center that the Blues needed. So I can't uh, I can't overestimate how much it meant when Paul Stastny signed with the Blues. You know, it, it, it's it, you look back, and he left right before they won the Stanley Cup. And, oh, yeah. and although I realized that when it happened, it, I just didn't think about it too much the past couple of years. And so when I saw that recently, I was like, gosh, how cool would it have been for Paul to stick around and be part of that. So um, that's first and foremost. And then the one that I chuckled at, uh, Jamie might get a kick out of this. I'll never forget. We were doing a post-game interview with Paul Stastny. There's probably six reporters circled around and we all got the microphones in his face. And he has the biggest bug hanging out of his nose, just like, just like hanging two inches from his nose, and it's swinging like a you know like a laundry clothesline <laughs> wow. underneath him, and, <laughs> and uh, I think he finally caught attention to it, and he grabbed his hand and wiped it out and said, "Sorry, boys," but it was funny <laughs> to to watch this thing just hang there for two minutes while we did the interview. Jr., you could have given him a heads up. I buddy. did not expect <laughs> you, you know, to go that route. He's a nice guy. He's well mannered. He'd have said, "Hey, man, yeah. thank you." Yeah. Probably would have wiped his nose and shook your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Probably did that afterwards. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to go back to Paul Stasny, I, I, I played with Peter Stasny, his dad. That's I'm dating, my, I'm dating myself here a little bit. But we had Paulie and Jan, and they were hanging around the locker room. And so I had the, uh, the pleasure of watching Paul and Jan both kind of grow up playing hockey here in the area. And then when he got here to be a blue um, – you know, Paul Stasny and I have the same agent, and I always used to call Paul Polly Walnuts to my agent, yeah. and so that kind of stuck. And so when mm-hmm. he came here, guys started calling Polly Walnuts. So when I texted Polly what last night, you know, congratulating him on a great career, he's like, "Hey, man, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for the nickname." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we called him that a, a few times, and I was always wondering where that came from. Obviously, the TV show, but uh, that was awesome. When I heard that uh, you gave him that name. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, my claim to fame, JR. I don't have a lot in life, but I have that, you know? 
Uh, JR, switching back to the current Blues now, so they're they're in Colorado. They have the Avalanche tonight. Uh, you've got so much time left, but this does feel like a little bit of a litmus test early on because we've seen this Blues team be inconsistent. Do you also see it that way, where this is a bit of a, a litmus test early on to test the way the Blues are playing and see if they can switch things up uh, on the fly against a really good Colorado team? So we're done talking about boogers already? I think we're done talking about boogers. Yeah, hey, I, think we, I think we covered We always revisit later. Yeah. We revisit, yeah. No, I think it, it for sure is. I mean, one of the best teams in the league, you know, you're talking about a cup contender in terms of the Central Division. You see Colorado and Dallas. Those are the two teams that Doug Armstrong mentioned when he said, uh, I'd like to finish third you know, behind those two teams. Uh, so this definitely is a litmus test. The one thing I'm looking at, guys, tonight, other than the fact this is a great team that you're going up against, is uh, the speed element. That's been a problem for the Blues. I mean, you can say they're slow, and I think we could all say that after watching these first seven games. You know, that's a little bit of speed, but it's also them playing connected. We haven't seen a lot of that in their losses. But you're going up against a a fast team in Colorado, and they haven't been good against the Seattles, the Arizonas, those those type of teams. So I asked Craig Bruby about that yesterday, and he said something that you'd expect probably – that you got to get some skin on them. You got to stop them. You got to slow them down a little bit. Anything you can do to slow them down. So, you know, if if Colorado gets running and they get the zone time and McKinnon's doing his thing where he's uh, circling around like a vulture, you know, it's probably going to wind up in the back of the net. So the Blues are going to have to be aware of that and do a better job than they have against these previous speed teams. Jared, what's your what are your thoughts on some of the defense pairing changes? Because, you know, having covered all the games so far this year. I've really liked Letty and Pareko. Pareko has been fantastic. I mean, he has been dominant out there. And Letty has been very good as well. Krug and Falk have been very good responsibly, defensively. I like the way Justin Falk has added physicality. But now you've got Scandella bumped up to play with Pareko and Letty dropped down to play with Tucker. Um, you know, what do you think Craig Bruby's thinking and what are, you, what are your thoughts of that? Yeah, I think that Preco's played awesome, so I want to echo what you're saying there. And I think Letty's played uh, pretty well, too. The pair has been uh, good. I think they're looking for some balance in the three, and, of course, they always talk about having a, a stay-at-home guy and a puck mover in each group, so that's why you see Letty with uh, Tucker here. You know, the Scandella-Pareco thing, you got to look at it a couple different ways. One, when, Pre- uh, when uh, Scandella got here, I think the pair worked for about 11 games at the end of that season. People thought, okay, maybe this is a pair that can work in the future. It didn't, but Scandella was hurt and banged up, as we found out, and needed the surgeries. And now he's healthy, and he's played pretty well, pretty well. Maybe not as physical as you want him to. uh, But I think let's take another look at it now that Scandella's healthy, if indeed that's what the coaching staff wants to do here. Uh, in the meantime, man, eight guys. How are you going to get them playing time? When do you trust Perinovich enough to put him in the lineup? Can you have him in there with Krug? You know, I think they're just kind of looking at some different things. But, you know, I agree with you that Letty and Preko have looked pretty good. They're just going to see what it looks like now with Scandell and Preko together. All right, JR, great stuff as always, man. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good rest of your week. Yep, thanks, guys. That's Jeremy Rutherford at J.P. Rutherford. On Twitter, don't forget, tonight, Blues Avalanche pregame right here on your home of the Blues 101 ESPN starting at 730. If you got a question, send it into the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. We'll do our Sports 6-pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. 
question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions for the Sports Six Pack. By the way, almost just went on the injured reserve. Yeah. Wow, Marsh. So, Marsh, have you ever seen A Christmas Story? I have. And what do they say in there? Don't shoot your eye out, Don't, kid. You'll, you'll shoot your yeah. eye out. That's what it is. Well, Marshy almost, almost shot his eye it. out. Almost did it. With the airsoft gun that Anthony and I are about to take here. <sighs> Soon, Marshy has proven how good of a shot he is. Ricochet, yeah, ricochet, and almost got Subway. him right in the eye. Yeah, got him on the inside of the I'm uh, his nose. Right here, where I'm at for the the Air Alliance team YouTube friends, and I shot the wheel over there on the other side. I don't know if it was the wheel or the Lysol can, but it bounced back and hit me right in the eye. <laughs> it's not good. No, <laughs> I feel bad for you two. I got Why? a pretty good shot. Uh, well, I'm kind of excited about it. You weren't aiming for your eye, though, so. Well, yeah. no, but I was aiming for the, one of the targets Off of over these there. glutes, Marsh, you better be careful. Yeah. It might fire back the same Jeez. way. Uh, Jamie, you, it probably will. They call it buns of steel. Yeah, they mm. do. Wow. I yes, might need they uh, do. some goggles, some safety goggles. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad idea. Yeah, look like goggles. Eric Gagne over here. <laughs> Just wear a helmet. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number one. From the 314, if City loses their next game, was this season a failure? Yes. No, it wasn't a failure. It wasn't a failure. It's disappointing, though. And anybody that says otherwise, I think, is is trying not to be disappointed by any any outcome. But come on. Anthony, quit it'd talking be, about would be tactical dis- things. It'd okay? be disappointing if they, if they were to get swept in the first round after this season. I'm sorry. The expectations changed. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to, that, to have the expectations change throughout the course of the year. It, the the first season, the inaugural season, a rousing success. There's no question. You get bounced in the first round, mm. and not win. It, you don't win a game. You lose four one on your home pitch, mm. and then go out there and lose. That'd be disappointing. You should be disappointed. Nothing about the regular season was a fluke. So yeah, I think I think that would be highly disappointing. Were you disappointed when the Cardinals lost to the Phillies in two games in Absolutely. the first round? Absolutely. I feel like it's no different. Yeah. Question number two. From the 314, how is Scott Perunovich expected to develop when he never plays? Yeah, that's a tough one. We've talked about that several times now, and it's it's a really tough situation because the St. Louis Blues are looking to win hockey games. They're not in the development business. Um, you know, teams that are okay with losing or they're in a rebuild or things like that, then you're fine with the speed bumps to come along with developing a young defenseman in the NHL. But the Blues don't have time for that, at least not right now. You know, hopefully they don't have time for that at all this year, which means they're in the playoff hunt. But it sucks. This is where the rules in the CBA work against both the player and the team. Because the player's excited because, oh, now I have to clear waivers, which means you can't send me down or I'll get picked up by somebody. But the flip side of that is the team then can't send you down to play. 
So what do you do? You sit in the stands and you practice. Well, you're not developing. Mm-hmm. Like, I ended up the, the, the latter part of my career where there were there were stints where I was a healthy scratch for an extended period of time, but it was fine. I knew what I was yeah. as a player, and I knew I could play in the NHL, and I knew I could provide that five, six, seven depth uh, in a lineup. It was fine. I didn't need to play every day. I'd played a long time in the NHL. I know how this game works. Yeah. Scott Perun, he, he has no baseline for this. And so this is a tough spot. He should be playing 25 minutes a game in Springfield right now. He should be down there dominating the American Hockey League on the power play and with puck movement. And do it. But he can't because he has to clear waivers. Mm-hmm. So the player, maybe Scott Perunovich wants that. Maybe he wants to go on waivers and get picked up by somebody who's going to play him more often. Yeah, It's a really tough situation to be in because the player can't develop. So what do you do? Now, the only thing the Blues can do is I think twice a year they can send a guy down for conditioning purposes to where the player agrees to go down for, what, 10 days or two weeks is what it is, conditioning. And the team usually picks a... a a spot in the calendar where there's a lot of games so you can go down and play but the player has to agree to that first of all and you can only do it twice a year mm-hmm. so you gotta kind of just pick your spots yeah injuries are inevitable but again you have eight defensemen so is it inevitable that you find the lineup no mm-hmm. it's not and the way robert bortuzzo played in calgary he gave you what you expect out of Bortz. yeah he blocked shots banged some bodies out there gotten a good scrap Exactly like, what you've been asking. Like he understood the assignment. Yeah. Scott Perunovich, to me, he's got all this talent. He's a Hobie Baker winner, and, and the future could be very bright for him. But even on the offensive side, he looks tentative right now, which you can't be. You've got to be a wild stallion out there offensively, creating offense, and, you know, being assertive with the puck, making plays. He's kind of making plays like, yeah, like hope it gets to him here. Like, I think this is the right play. And that's because he's not getting the playing time. Yeah. So it's a tough spot for both the player and the organization right now. Um, we'll see how this plays out. All right, let's carry this over. The I rest, got a question, too. The, ooh, okay. Maybe Jamie leads off uh, question three. Next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. I believe we only got uh, two questions in for the Sports Six Pack. So, so Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, we're going to keep tackling questions here. Uh, so, Marshy, let's party. Question number three. From the 314, Jamie, what do you think of Ottawa's GM being let go slash fired for lying about... A no trade clause. Yeah, this is a disaster. Man, this is a black eye for the Ottawa Senators organization where they they just recently 
um, starting to get back on the right page here. They've got a fantastic young hockey team led by our very own Brady Kachuk up there in Ottawa. And they get a brand new owner with lots of money and he's passionate about hockey. And just like you think, man, this is an, this is an organization that's on the upswing until this happened. So last year at the trade deadline, or wasn't the trade deadline, during the season, there was a trade made by Ottawa to the Vegas Golden Knights for Dadanov was the Russian player. And the Vegas Golden Knights asked Pierre Dorian, the GM of the Senators, if he had an updated no trade list. Mm-hmm. And Dorian said, no, he doesn't have a list. Making it seem like there's no list. But. So the trade goes through, and then Vegas goes to flip Dadanov at the deadline to the Anaheim Ducks. And the agent pipes in at that point and goes, no, they're on the no trade list. Vegas goes, what do you mean, no trade list? We were told there was no list. Well, then the agent pulls up the records and the emails and shows them that there is, in fact, a no trade list. Wow. So Pierre Dorian, GM of the Ottawa Senators, either forgot or just flat out lied about it and crossed his fingers that uh, this would not present itself down the line. Well, it did. So what happens now is the league has punished the Ottawa Senators organization with a first round pick being taken from them in either 24, 25 or 26 draft. I don't know who gets to pick that, if the team can or the league picks it. But here's the bigger twist to it all. Michael Andelauer, the new owner of the Ottawa Senators, says that he was never notified by prior ownership or the league that the Shane Pinto suspension was looming for the gambling stuff, 41 games, or that the Dadanov case was even still being negotiated between Vegas and Ottawa and the league for the punishment. Says he was never notified of any of either of those things. So now that's a black eye on the NHL, too, because you wanted this sale to happen because nobody wanted Melnick or his estate to continue owning the Ottawa Senators. They desperately wanted Michael Andelauer's group to get the team. So did they just not bring it up? Like, that's withholding information. Yeah. So Andelauer today was like, I at no point was I notified of either of these situations. Wow. Can he counter, let's just say, can he counter sue the NHL and get those draft picks back? No, he won't be able to do that, but he can sue them. Oh, yeah, sue, not counter sue. I guess they're not being sued. No, but, but... He, not even for the draft pick. If I was him, I would sue the NHL for money mm-hmm. because I'd be like, you had me pay top dollar. I mean, almost unheard of amount of money for a team like that. You had me pay a billion dollars for a team that had these two issues. So I, lot, I one of my young players, my star players, can't play half a season because of this gambling thing. And then I have potentially another star player in a first-round pick that I no longer have access to. So you sold me a product that wasn't exactly what it was portrayed to be. So I would ask for compensation back in some form somehow. I don't know. I think it could get nasty or he just lets it ride. And then somewhere down the line, you know, Ottawa ends up like a winter classic or something like that. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yikes. Either way, it's a mess uh, up there in Ottawa. Pierre Dorian lost his job today because obvious reasons. Um, Steve Steos, a former teammate of mine uh, with the Sudbury Wolves, taking over as a GM no in kidding. Ottawa. Yep. Well, that's good. See you later, guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. I got one here. 
Question number four. Okay, this is, I'll try to put it in a question form, uh, but how about this? What do you think about the Padres having to take out a $50 million loan to help cover payroll? I think that their all-in approach backfired. Oh, baby. Mm. Can you imagine? So you're a team, a Major League Baseball team, you've overspent, but it's like you're a fraud because you didn't have the money to spend. Right. If you're having to take out a $50 million loan to cover payroll, you You didn't didn't have have the money. Right. You were banking on getting, recouping that with long playoff runs. Yeah. And so the the, the question begs here uh, from CBS Sports says, could a Juan Soto trade help cut costs? You you have to. You're going to have to liquidate more than one guy. You're going to have to trade, yeah. The Padres are about to... The Padres are going to have to trade. You're going to have to go in a full rebuild. Isn't he a free agent this year? At the end of the year. End of the year. Okay. Yeah. That's right. So you trade Juan Soto. You probably have to trade Manny Machado. Mm. And you keep, you'd basically keep one of those guys, like one of the guys that are making a ton of money. You know, maybe even look to trade like Jake, Jake Cronenworth too. And you kind of hang on to like Fernando Tatis. Maybe or, they'll or trade. trade one of their pitchers. Uh, that'd be good. Yeah. You Darvish. Sure. I know a team that could use some pitching. Uh, hmm. Dodgers. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, he absolutely nailed it. This is, this is a situation. I mean, everybody kind of saw this coming. It was, it was going to go. Well, it was going one of two ways. It was either going to work out big time for them because they were bringing in all this this high price talent and they were going to win or or have these sustained runs and show that a mid market team like San Diego could do this, or it was going to end in disaster. There was no way, there was no in between here, and it looks like it's going to end in disaster because you didn't even make the playoffs this year with that roster. Like, I don't even know business wise where you go with this. As a major league baseball team in that market in particular, yeah, you can't be doing this. No, like you're borrowing bad money. You're basically chasing right now. Yeah, you're, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to liquidate. They're gonna have to trade off all these. And and other teams know this now. So good luck on trying to get fair market value for some of these guys. It's mm-hmm. a, it's an absolute. Oh yeah, disaster. they see you now. They're, they're like, okay, good one. Absolute disaster. Question number five from the six three six. If the NCAA gets money hungry. I think they already are, and tries to expand the sixteen team or expand to sixteen teams for playoffs. Do you think it would lose interest for the overall entire campaign of the football season, or does it generate interest more? It would generate interest more. Here's why. Think about the regular season. Think of last week. How many games do and Jamie, you've made this point for a long time. Mm-hmm. How many games are you really interested in on a Saturday? The games that you just can't wait to watch. You might have, I mean, if, even if you're a diehard college football fan, maybe there's five or six that you really say, ah, I want to make sure that I sit down and watch watch these games. If you're a, cal- cal- a casual college football fan, there might be one. So how much are you really taking away? What is there to take away from the regular season? If you really think about it from a week-to-week basis. So I don't think that gets impacted as much as some some of the people that are rallying against this idea of expanding expanding the playoffs really think, look at the schedules, sit down and look at it. This week is really good. 
this week you got Alabama and LSU. You've got Mizzou and Georgia. You've got Washington and USC. You've got uh, even even though both teams, you know, one team's down, Notre Dame, Clemson. You've got a good schedule this week. I feel like it the schedule hasn't been this, this year. Way. This year has been good. It has been good. The last week, though. Well, I understand. You're yes. going to have, but we know that the problem has been there's just there's not enough marquee games week to week. Look, at least this year, there's been one compelling game, at least at minimum yeah. per week. Yes, at least one. Anthony, and you're talking about one. One. Yes. So nothing is the regular season. You're, there's nothing no. to take away. Well, you've got those blood donor games, right? Who the hell cares about those? Right. Take them. I know those schools need the revenue, so I don't know. I don't know what the freaking solution is, but this this college season, for me, has been one of the most intriguing in a long time, and I actually would be super intrigued to have an expanded playoff pool this year. Oh yeah. This would be phenomenal yeah, this be, year. This would be good. You don't even have all the undefeated teams in the college football playoff yet. No. And, and they, these are all power five teams, too, not group of five teams. Because you always get that UCF or a couple of years ago, Cincinnati, that crashes the party. We're not even talking about them. We're talking about Washington not even being in the in the top four. Because you have everybody else is undefeated, too. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Florida State. So this, is, this, would, this would be a perfect year to have that college football expansion. Totally agree. Why don't we uh, why don't we hand out some Blink-182 tickets? Are you got one, one more? Question. Yeah, we still oh, have my one bad. more I thought question. that was six. Come on, Anthony. Bad. We know reading's not your strong suit, but well, math isn't either. We only did two last time, didn't we? Yeah. My bad. It's okay, buddy. Thought I, we did hey, question number six. I forgive you. Thought we did three. You're fine. I think you guys will like this one. Okay. From the 314, as it stands now, what is the NFC and AFC championship games you want to see? Uh, well, I'd like to see Dolphins and Chiefs. I think that would be fun to see Tyreek against Patrick Mahomes. That would be fun. And on the flip side, I'd like to see the Lions and the 49ers. You really only get three three teams, three different matchups in the NFC. Yeah, it's either the Eagles, the Lions, or the, exactly. or the 49ers. Eagles, Niners. Eagles, Niners, Lions, Niners, Lions, Eagles, Lions, Eagles. Like I don't even know if that can happen. You could. Yeah. Don't, don't the Lions play the Eagles in the second round or whatever? Um, it just depends. Depends on, on the seeding. Yeah. So if the Lions were the two seed, Eagles are the one. They you could meet you up could in get the that. NFC yep. Championship game. Same yeah. with the Dolphins and Chiefs. Yeah, I guess if all three of those yeah, teams line up, but but anyway, whatever. You know, ah, I think, and I hate this team, but I think what? in terms of drawing more fans to watch the game Eagles Cowboys Cowboys are five and two yeah not the best team in the NFC even if they do beat the Eagles Mm -hmm. I'll say that right now but I think Eagles Cowboys would be an excellent NFC championship game that would be a bloodbath I'll find out this weekend yeah those two teams play I think in the AFC there's a lot of intrigue I I would love to see I would love to see Kansas City go on the road in an AFC well, title game, they might game. very well be doing that. They have not done that, you know. They've had they've had these home games and Arrowhead in the playoffs and all that. It's, it's great. Don't get me wrong, but just to kind of switch it up as a, as a as a just a football fan, seeing let's say Kansas City going into like Baltimore or Miami having to go to Baltimore, Ooh. you know. I mean, I think that that would be that would be interesting. Uh, Lamar, really, the quarterbacks in the AFC 
Josh Allen's going to be intriguing. Lamar Jackson's going to be intriguing. The Dolphins are more, I think, of the offense than just Tua. Uh, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, Trevor Lawrence did, did, did he played very well last year in Kansas City. I know Patrick Mahomes got hurt, but AFC, you got storylines galore. NFC, you're really talking about three teams. Mm-hmm. So I would agree. No that. offense to the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. I'm not too worried about them, though. Go ahead, Marsh. You want to give away those Blink-182 tickets? Yeah, so we have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Blink-182 at Enterprise Center on August 10th. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and tell tell the trivia question. Yeah, so following Blink-182's hiatus in 2005, Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker formed another band called White. What was the name of that band? There you go. What was the name of that band? If you have the correct answer and you're the 101st listener, to text in now at 314-399-9646. You're going to win those free tickets to see Blink-182 next August 10th. And you can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Blink-182 at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. What's Trending is next in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. This is according to Kevin Weeks. He is told that there are ongoing discussions between involved parties for a potential scaled-down World Cup of Hockey featuring only NHL players, perhaps in 2025, on a potential timeline between the Super Bowl and March Madness. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the Players Association thinks of that. It's more games slammed into the schedule right in the middle of the season. And I don't know what the NHL teams would think about that. Honestly, like, do I want Connor McDavid? Yeah. Going and playing? Do I want Connor Bedard? Do I want, like, Sidney Crosby? All it takes is one hit, one slap shot off the ankle. Want, like. It's always the question, isn't it? It is. It's the. This is why the All Star game has become what it is, is because players and teams were not happy with guys going, you know, full tilt mm-hmm. in those games because it's a useless game to the organization and to the player. Right. Yet if they get injured. You're spending all this money on players, on player development, on trying to win a, a Stanley Cup, and you play in an all-star game or a game that doesn't count for you, and you watch your star player get dinged up. That's well, this just, is a tournament, too. Uh, right. So, so can you imagine multiple games. You imagine, let's say, Team USA. Mm-hmm. You don't think they're going to play the hell out of Matthew Kachuk, right. Austin Matthews, Brady Kachuk? Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Especially, they, let's say their string of games is Russia, Sweden, Canada. Those are three powerhouse teams. And like, I just I don't like it. Because yeah. then, what? like, hip flexors, groins, shoulders, mm-hmm. like, all Everything. this stuff. Well, I think this is the aftermath of not having the best players in the world play at the Olympics. It is, but then just solve the problem. Have them play every four years. Have them play in the Olympics. It's the best stage, the best athletes in the world. Yeah. I miss I miss the NHL players playing at the Olympics. I do too. I couldn't agree more with you, Marshy. I think this is a money grab 
by the NHL trying to capitalize on major sponsorship for a uh, a gimmick tournament. Mm-hmm. And if it's only the NHL players, can you really call it a World Cup of hockey? Because no. there arguably are players in Russia and Sweden that, mm-hmm. and even Finland for that matter, that could probably play in the NHL, but aren't for whatever circumstance that lies out there. I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. Not in season. You want to do it, uh, you know, You know, coming out of the summer to begin the season, the risk is still the same. Mm-hmm. It is. And the Olympics still, the risk is still the same there, mm-hmm. but at least it's, you know, in the Olympics. I, I don't know. I wonder if it would help the TV partners to ESPN and TNT, because if the if they do play in the Olympics, those Olympic games are NBC broadcast. Yeah. Which is, which they're not NHL partners anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so. I, I understand the like the appetite for it, and and I understand like the NBA and all that stuff. But the NBA and and there could be injuries there too. But the NBA, for all intents and purposes, is not a contact sport. Yeah, soccer has all these tournaments that go on in the middle of the season, but for the most part, it's not a contact. And no. I understand injuries can happen anywhere, but can you imagine the NFL? No. Let's just say the NFL has a World Cup of football where they like. I know there's not enough countries that have enough players, but mm-hmm. let. Yeah, Just walk with Imagine it. this for a second. A physical sport like the NFL having a tournament in the middle of their season. No. It just doesn't make any sense. We found the owners. I'm like, there's no way. No. No, thank you. We talked earlier about Josh McDaniels being fired. I brought this up in the office, and I, I have to read this. This is too funny. It's There's no way this is real, but this is from PFT Commenter. So if you know who that is, you absolutely know this isn't real, but he put this on Twitter. It says, absolutely unreal story in the Athletic Premium Plus Instant Inbox about why and how Josh McDaniels got fired. And this is what it says, and it looks like it came from an Athletic article. So take this with a grain of salt. Apparently, the last straw was when McDaniels, who was well-known around league circles as a guy who goes all out for Halloween, came to the Raiders' facility dressed as Mark Davis the day after losing to the Lions on Monday Night Football. Davis seemed to take it in stride at first. He appeared to laugh and even ordered his now trademark P.F. Chang's lunch delivered to Coach McDaniels to complete the look. After the two had eaten, Davis suggested McDaniels read his fortune cookie. Which read, you're fired, hotshot, <laughs> according to multiple sources who viewed the dessert. Marsh, can you read the very first line or, or uh, of the tweet? The very first thing that you read off. Absolutely unreal story in at The Athletic Premium Plus Instant Inbox about why and how McDaniels got fired. Pretty unreal story. Absolutely correct. There's no, there's no way that's true. No I way. want it to be real, it's though, fun, Anthony. It's funny. It's funny yeah. nonetheless, but there's so much. Like, Can you see Josh McDaniels being going all out for Halloween? No. Could you see no. him the day after an embarrassing loss to the Lions on national TV? <laughs> dress up as the dress owner. Dress up like the owner. And let's be honest. That owner is not the greatest looking guy. He doesn't have the greatest sense of style or the greatest haircut. So, when you would do a Halloween costume, it's always over the top. Mm -hmm. So, can you imagine Josh McDowell showing up with, like, khakis and a white turtleneck and just a 
pumpkin bowl cut. pie. No, <laughs> no. <Nope. laughs> pumpkin pie. Found some dead animal on the side of the road. Oh. Yeah, Plop, plopped it on his head. Yeah, no, oh, that's no, funny. Yeah. It's funny nonetheless. What well, else you got, Marsh? Speaking of Halloween, though, I saw some videos on Twitter of people stealing Halloween candy from people from houses, adult women, mothers, with their kids stealing an entire bucket of Halloween candy that was sitting so, outside. To set this to the, the, the table here properly, really? it was like a ring camera. Yeah, and. You know, some people, I don't know why they do this, but they do. They just put the bowl out and say, yeah. hey, take your own. Like, yeah. I get they, it. Well, maybe they're out, but they also want to make sure they participate or, or something. they don't want to be bothered. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know what your They don't want the is. doorbell ring. You know, you got a baby. No. Don't want to go with the doorbell ringing constantly. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Um, so I've seen this before, mm-hmm. and I've taken my own children out, and they approach the bowl, and most of the kids take too much. Yeah. Not in a crazy way. Some yeah. do. They take a little handful. A little handful, and you're like, yeah. No, take take one or take two pieces of candy. Right. Want to make sure that the other kids get yes. candy in the neighborhood too. That's not the way we operate. Mm-hmm. It's called good parenting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Or it's called just parenting. Period. Right. Forget good. You take your kid. <laughs> you move on your merry way. And if there's other kids that are there unattended to that are doing the same thing, you don't. You're not mean, but you just hey guys. Don't take too much here. Yeah. Leave some candy. Because imagine if you rolled up on this bowl 25 minutes from now and there was nothing. Yeah, nothing. Right. You know? It's called being a good person. Mm-hmm. This video is incredible. Mm. The mothers roll up on this. The parents. It just happens to be mothers at this point. With the kids and are slamming the whole bowl. Like grabbing fists and just like going to empty the whole damn bowl. So much so that other kids roll up and like are fighting to just get some candy out of this bowl. Unbelievable. So can you imagine being a parent? Like, what, like, what are we doing here? And we wonder what's wrong sometimes with what's going on. Right. You wonder why kids are, ah, oh, these kids, these damn kids. It's not the kids, it's the damn parents. It's the parents. Apple, uh, the apple never falls too far from the tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on. Really? I just think it's stupid. For, I don't, For I don't... candy? It's ridiculous. But yeah, we, we encountered that a lot last night when I took the kids out <laughs> trick-or-treating. And there was a lot of bowls out front. We did the same thing. Every house. Because kids, you know, they, they forget two seconds later. But every house that had a bowl, the guys yeah. take take one or two. Take one or two. Like it's let's in the move, spirit let's keep of moving. it, too. Like, I don't yeah. want to sound cheesy, but, like, no. I, my kids, you know, they, they kind of give to me, like, Dad, you're so, like, oh, you're so cringy. You talk to all the kids, right? It's <laughs> awesome. Hey, they what's your... Up. Hey, kids. No, but I, honestly, though, Marshy, yeah. they roll up. The kids have put in some effort for the costume. Sure. Or the parents It's a personal have. choice. And you say, hey, how you doing? You having fun tonight? You right. Know, hey, I like your costume, this, yeah. that, and other. Got a joke. I didn't know the nah, joke. I don't really ask for the joke because I, I don't put a kid on the spot. I didn't realize that the joke thing was a thing here in St. Louis until yeah. I moved here because we didn't have that. That's why it's called trick or treat. I didn't. Yeah, but what I if you instead? Know. Like if it, then technically it's not a joke or a treat, it's a trick. Yeah, trick. So you got to trick them. You got to trick them. Yeah. You got to show them a basic I, I, uh, I magic rules. A magic show. You know. What? what was the best joke that you heard all night? Oh man, my memory is terrible. But it was a well, couple. I was only of with my kids. Yeah, I, I was, an, I was in handing mine. I uh, I forget, man. I burned my hand. <laughs> you had <laughs> too much bourbon. You had a tumbler of bourbon. You had a tumbler full of. What bourbon. do you call a guy that uh, burns his hand <laughs> <laughs> outside of hand, handing out candy? Handing my, out candy. Jamie River. 
Myers. Yeah, we call him uh, idiot. My daughter Madeline, she was used. She had a couple that she was using. She had um, what? Uh, what part of the house? What room in the house is the safest if there's a ghost in the house? Mm. The living room. Ah, that's she a good was one. using that one. Wow. I thought that was good. Yeah, hats off. That's good. Um, what else? There's she had another one too. My son went with it. Killian went with the same joke every time. Uh, why was why is six scared of seven? Because seven, seven, eight, nine. Because seven, eight, nine. Yeah. That was an easier one for him to remember. Yeah, it was solid. I can't remember the other one she used. We had a couple of kids come up, and uh, yeah, I can't remember anything, unfortunately. Nah, you had an injury. But I had an laugh. injury. I had a legit laugh at one of the jokes. I thought it was awesome. I wish I could remember to give this this young man some props, but oh, people were nice. You yeah. Know, it nice. It's a nice night. Everybody's dressed yeah. up, well, feeling good. One kid came up. It was the cutest thing ever. He's just so young. He could walk, but you know, not talking all that much. Mm-hmm. He came walking up. Nothing. No bag. Nothing. I'm like, oh, you want some... You know, where are you putting your candy? He just goes, go blues. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it awesome. was awesome. So I, I, the parents or the dad yeah. or somebody, you know, must recognize sure. whatever the kid comes up, go blues. That's great. Like, you, you're awesome, kid. Here's was, a bucket of candy yeah, here. that your parents don't have to steal. I'll just give it to them. Take him. Jamie's tumbler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give it to daddy. Oh <laughs> All right, we've got the results for Build Your Own Sleeper Team, plus the biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So, each and every Friday in the Fast Lane. Did I what? No, I didn't. Why is the heat kicked on? Here? I don't know, Marsh. I didn't touch Marshy, it. Marshy, did you touch the thermostat? Why would I touch it? I'm wearing I, like three layers of clothes right now. Yeah, I know not to touch the thermostat. I realize it's going to be a crisp 18 degrees when Jamie's yeah, doing the I show. Yeah, that's why I wore this hoodie, the jacket. Yeah. I actually took the jacket off because it is getting a little warm in here. I the, mean, the heat kicked on. It's unacceptable. You're fine. No, hmm. I'm not. Anthony. I didn't. I didn't. You snuck touch, by. I, I did not touch the thermostat. Anthony, I wouldn't. I've become used to the meat locker that is this studio uh-huh. when you're doing the show. All right. Go ahead, guys. Sorry. Jeez. Anyways, every Somebody Friday here in the fast lane, we do the sleeper. Build your own sleeper team. We take the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver. Jamie was out on Friday, so BT put together your sleeper team. Uh, I believe I'm up two to one on Marsh and Jamie. Marsh has yes. one win. Jamie has one win. I have two wins. How do we do this past week, Marsh? So, Jamie may never have BT choose his team ever again. Oh. As well, who did BT pick? He picked Desmond Ritter. Ooh. What? He screwed me on purpose, this guy. Deontay Foreman. George's son. <laughs> nope. And Calvin ah, Ridley. I don't know that. <laughs> Ridley so, did okay. Ridley did do okay. He he picked up uh, 14.3 points. Desmond Ritter, 3.44 as a quarterback. And uh, Deontay Foreman, 4.6. So Jamie score in third place, 22.34 points. You got me, Brad. (laughs) You got me. And in first place, because his quarterback scored more points than Jamie's entire team, 
Sam Howell, 30.98 points. Chuba Hubbard, 7.4. Joshua Palmer, 5.4. Anthony Stalter wins this week, 43.78 points. Wow. I came in second with 39.08. Tyson Badgett with 11.18 points. Kareem Hunt, 13.7. Josh Downs. 14.2. 14.2. So you had the most balanced team. I yes. just happened to pick the, the the right guy there. Hey, that's that's how fantasy football works, it, though. It was all luck because I actually wanted Ritter, but BT went first and he took mm. him. I thought Ritter would have a decent game against Tennessee. Uh, you know what? Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But yeah. I'll, take, I'll take the W on that one. So that's your uh, build your sleeper team results. Let's go to the biggest question of the day. For the fast lane's biggest question of the day. All right, gentlemen, Jamie brought this up in the studio or in the office earlier uh, before we started the show, but I think we need to know, Anthony, how do you feel about sign stealing guy Connor Stallions on your CMU sideline? I don't like it. I don't like that he decided that it was okay to wear the maroon and gold and walk the sidelines as if he was an assistant coach for the prideful CMU Chippewas. To think that this guy's got the audacity to walk around with the flying C on his chest (laughs) and his hat and whatever else he, he wore that day and acted like a Chippewa when he in fact is not, I find repulsive. (laughs) Now, some are saying they don't even know if, if, if that's the guy. But apparently, Jamie, you were talking about Jim McElwain, the head coach for for the Chips, yeah. said, yeah, I didn't know who this guy was. He's like, I had no idea who this guy is. <laughs> no, he's like the only guy on the sideline with sunglasses on. I think it was raining or cloudy yeah. or what something. What the hell? The guy looked like he just went to Cabela's and picked up a pair and a CMU hat. Come on, man. Now, it is quite possible because have you ever seen the amount of people that are on sidelines of a football? There's a ton. And, and like... You don't know who the hell is who. And as I'm the head coach, I'm focused on the game. Yeah, right. And not some dude wearing a hat that could be the ball boy. He could be whatever. He could be the guy that holds the wires back there. Like, who right. knows? Who knows? Yeah. And he's wearing chip gear. Yeah, so I, you're like, Man, all right. But it was in the, it was, it was for the Michigan State game. And of course, Michigan plays Michigan State every single year. So looked like he was getting uh, a real bird's eye view. So my question is did he do this with other teams too? Mm. That were on Michigan's schedule. I don't know. This is... I, I don't even know what the hell the NCAA is going to do about it's this. It's bizarre. What, what are you going to do about this? I don't know. For real. It's the most bizarre, like, story you, you, you've we've heard here in quite a while. I just don't, I just don't know what they're going to... Like, the ultimate I don't know. result is. Like, is there a rule in the book, that, like, NCAA rules, that says you can't steal signs? There are no... there. No, there's no, no. rules against sign stealing no verbiage there's no verbiage now no this rule. is elevated obviously if you have people that are sitting on sidelines yeah with it's like, a little different but still if there's no rule there's no rule right now maybe there's i don't know some sort of infraction for being on the sidelines we're not supposed to. i have no I idea don't know. it's weird it's so dumb yeah uh marsh are you ready to dole out some punishment or what yeah just one last thing on connor stallions i i almost find it just fascinating how how he just did all this like i wouldn't say it's cool but i mean he put a lot of creativity in finding ways to steal these signs yeah true i guess you got to give him that i'll give him that Mm -hmm. 
Or was yeah, he being to... compensated by Michigan? Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, but if that's the case, then, like, I think there, there could be something in that. Maybe. Is, you I know, don't know. If he's just volunteering. I highly doubt he's, he's like some lone wolf that's just decided to steal signs Maybe for He's just Michigan. a big Wolverines fan. <laughs> yeah. I love the team. Here's some signs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am ready so. to dish out these uh, this punishment. Though. All right. Uh, so, Jamie, two weeks ago... Lost for the first time, oh. so he's got one shot coming for the NFL Pick'em Challenge. I've got two because I lost this past week, and I lost three weeks ago. Uh, by the way, uh, no transition that, that's appropriate here, but former Indiana head coach Bob Knight has passed away at age 83. That just came on ESPN's little ticker there, so mm. breaking news. Bobby Knight he what? passed away oh. at 83. So, Yeah, Jamie? Oh, I was going to say congratulations to Ryan O'Reilly as well. He played his 1,000th game. Nice. Well, that's good. Congratulations. Yeah. All right, let's get this over with. So I have two shots coming. Jamie, you have one. You want me to go first? No, I'll go first. You want to go first? Yeah, I got two. Marsh, you want to shoot us both? Yeah, let's do it. Where are you? Are you coming over here to do it? Yeah, I'm just making sure all the uh, listeners can see. One of us has to stay on the mic, so. Well, Marsh, can stay on the mic, no? No, he's going to shoot us. Well, I did it while shooting you. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, I can stay on the mic. Well, you're talented. Oh, thank you, Anthony. Thank you yeah. for noticing. All right, so this is for the NFL Pick'em Challenge. All right, well, you got to go over there. All right, I'll go over here. Keep talking, Jay. All right, now I'll uh, I'll jump in over here. Marshy, I'll tell you what. I've been using... Um, is this one still on? Yeah, it is. I've been using this as kind of my line okay. over here. And so that way there... It's fair. It's the same distance for each and every uh, punishment. All right. I'm ready. Anthony uh, is uh, kind of got the Johnny Cash all in black today, the faded black jeans. Three. Oh, my goodness. One. Did that, Anthony, was that your leg? Yes. So, Marshy. All right, we need to aim a little higher then. Well, be careful, though, because remember the last week when I shot him, it aimed, it went a little high and hit him in the lower back. Where did it, where did it hit you in the leg? Right here. I, I, oh, that's, I feel like that's a perfect spot. It's a hamstring. Fire! All right, ready? Closer Three. to the middle, Marshy. Okay, hopefully this. Right, right here, right. I got a good spot. Three, yep. two. No! It misfired. Oh, no. Oh, Anthony, you should have you should have pulled the old soccer player and just dropped. I have yet to be hit in the butt. You hit me in the spine, and Marsh hit me in the hamstring. Hang yeah. on, we have a little uh, malfunction oh, here. Malfunction. So whatever, the, the Rizzuto team, they mess up this gun all the time. I don't know what they do to it, but, you know, for people that complain like that, you think that their equipment would be working properly. But, oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, but Anthony, yeah, you're right. For being hit... Or to being shot, you haven't been hit in the butt once yet. And I know you prefer it in the butt. I would, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. As opposed to the spine of the hamstring. Yeah. Well said. All right, I think we're ready to go. I felt like I put that out there the right way. Yeah. Yeah. You ready? Yep. Count me down. Three, two, one. Oh! That was in the middle of the back! I was aiming! Marshy, what the hell are you doing? I saw the way you had the gun, too! Well, I aimed a little lower last time and I hit him in the leg. You hit him between the shoulder blades what this time. What are we time. doing here? Anthony, good thing you can get in the back of here, the head. Here, let's redo it. No, I took my <laughs> shot. Oh, my goodness <laughs> gracious. All right, it's my turn? Jeez. All right, hang on. Here we go. All right. Anthony, yeah. can you shoot me? Yeah. Oh, wild no, Bill here. Well, no, I feel like it's got to be fair. Yeah. If Anthony got, you know, can two you and... To, can you hit him in the back of the head, please? 
For those that are listening, I got shot. <laughs> Look at this. I got shot in the Here back. Three, two, one. Nope. 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 Misfire. Misfire. <laughs> Let's try it again. We got a misfire. Look at that butt. All right. Three. It's I'm, a hockey I'm butt. Super distracted right now. Yeah, you are. No. Nope. Nope. Oh, All boy. right. I guess All Jamie right. doesn't have to do it. Uh, don't forget to get your picks in ahead of tomorrow's games. Jeez. We have to make sure, too, that we, we get uh, BT to submit all of his picks this time. BT, though, to his credit, he rebounded, so he missed a layup uh, last Thursday night with the Bills. All right, we're the Bucks, good to go. And then still led our team. I think he had 11. So this is for This is for two weeks ago when Jamie was on the road. He only had five, I think. All right. Here we go. Ooh, Where'd that go? There we go. That one was on the block. Nice good. job, Marsh. That was a good one. I had to, you know, I had to recorrect the. Yeah, two the times shot. on me. Nice job. All right, so the punishment has been, uh, has been, doled out here. That had some mustard on it. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I feel like we're awfully close. Oh, <laughs> not gonna lie. This La thing. I mean, last time I got shot, I was like, yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, this time, Marsh. I think Marsh I, I greased him. It's good, Anthony. Oh, uh, no, yeah, it's, it's good. totally you know why good. It's good. I don't want to feel that again. Yeah, good call. I'm out my game. Same. Yeah. I, I, may, have, uh, oh, I may have just been fired from the. Uh, from holding. shooting yeah. people? Yeah. yeah. Marsh, that was all over the place. Yeah, that certainly was. Yeah. I mean, he's a young guy, though. Sometimes it ends up all over the place. Yeah, he'll correct. Yeah. He'll correct himself. I have time to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so, week nine tomorrow starts tomorrow. So, again, everybody get your picks in. We're up five to two. We have five winning weeks. They have two winning weeks. This past week was a tie. So there you have it. All right. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Uh, talked a lot of blues today. Talked about the blues, kind of the system, and some of the issues with that ahead of tonight's game against the Avalanche. Ohio State, really, number one? I told you why, though. <laughs> When, and I admit it, I overlooked one key factor when it comes to Ohio State. Uh, Josh McDaniels discussed him being fired in the Patriot way and stop copying that because that, that doesn't really work without Tom Brady. Working for the Patriots right now. Nope. Blues line combinations we went over. Uh, Newt was with Shohei Otani. Does it make sense, though, for the Cardinals to go all in on somebody Shohei like Otani? the good time. Yeah, darn right. We talked to JR about the Blues. And did uh, prove me wrong as well. So that's available, all available on the podcast. Marsh, what do we got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, to start off, uh, congratulations to Steve. He won the Blink-182 tickets. What was the answer? Or the what answer, was the question and the answer? So the question was after the, uh, the 2005 hiatus of Blink-182, Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker started which band? And that band was Plus 44. Some people thought it was Angels and Airwaves. That was Tom DeLong. Plus 44 is the correct answer. So congratulations to Steve. There you go. Good job. Good question. All right. We also have a criticism for myself from the 636. My criticism is for Marsh. Needs to go to the range there, Marshy. Ooh. Same texture, though. Also a criticism for the Riz Show for always talking trash on you guys 
when all you have is been raving things to say about them, a bunch of sore losers. Thank you. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Well well said. Well I'm glad said. somebody said it, you know, and uh, I'm glad it was you. 314 or 636. Uh, earlier in the day, Ish. Ish. Um, Jamie, you were breaking down the defense, did a lot of great breakdowns of the Blues as they take on the Avalanche tonight, but from the 314, every time Jamie breaks down the Blues play style or strategy, it makes me realize I really don't know what the blank I'm talking about <laughs> when it comes to hockey. Instantly humbled, LOL. Wow, thank you very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> That's my job. That's why I'm here, is to um, add to your hockey repertoire so that when you're sitting around your local pub or the dinner table or hanging out with your buddies, that uh, you can... You can sound smart. You can... Like Jamie. Tell them about how much you know about mm-hmm. hockey, and then they can say the same thing regarding you. There you go. Earlier in the show, we played some Dabo Sweeney Audi audio. Some of you heard it, some of you didn't. That was weird. Uh, from the 314, guys, all due respect to Kristen, I heard it just fine in my car. <laughs> Rodney in the car. Love the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And, and she wasn't the only one. We got text messages saying that they couldn't hear it either. Either either there's no audio or it was all jacked up. Yeah, the 314 says the audio was all jacked up on that. Sounded hmm. like aliens speaking. Maybe it was. Well, maybe in some maybe certain cars. That's how they're talking to maybe us. Maybe they hijacked our radio show. Oh, they did. Uh-oh. I don't blame them. Good luck with that. I don't blame them. It's not going to go well for you. They'll realize just quickly how, how tough it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Don't forget, we got mm. Blues Avalanche pregame 730 right here on 101 ESPN. We appreciate everybody tuned in today. Everybody that uh, participated in the show, thank you. You can always leave us a mic drop, anything we're talking about throughout the course of the show. So if you didn't get your mic drop played today or your text read aloud, no problem. We'll be back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So for Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. You've got the instant replay show coming up right now ahead of that Blues Avalanche pregame at 730. See ya! You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.